everyone, welcome to the podcast at home with me, Nick Graves. This is our new theme song made by Ryan Goodwin, who's a super awesome dude, musician, slash stand-up comic, slash just awesome guy. So, I hope you guys enjoy it. It's way better than that loud clapping thing I had before. I think it feels like the show, you know, the show is just like super chill, so it's like, yeah. Hope you guys enjoy this episode with Kate Jenkins. Hey everyone, a new episode of the podcast at home with Mina Graves, and today as a guest I have... Hi. What am I supposed to say here? <laughs> no, then you just say your name. Oh, hi, I'm Kate Jenkins. <laughs> I'm sorry, we, I... I we al- didn't go over this. I always point to the Don't person... Don't just surprise me like that. <laughs> they always just look at me like, you know I haven't done this before, right? Uh, so, for those of you who are new to the podcast at home... Uh, basically we just talk about stuff, and it's a lot of fun. I hope you guys have fun listening to it. Uh, I can already tell you today's gonna be a super nerdy episode, probably. We're gonna nerd out on a bunch of stuff, um, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. We, like I said, we talk about different topics, then there's an advice part, then we play a game, and then that's it. So, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, the first thing I actually have down are superheroes, because we talked about superheroes a little bit. Well, let me give a little introduction. I don't know Kate. I don't know Kate like super well. I've worked on you like a film, a few film projects, but we talked about superheroes pretty extensively one day. I remember with our friend, um, a local uh, director of photography, Arnaldo Mirabal, who's an awesome guy, and I was like, "Wow, you know a lot about superheroes." So that will be a good thing to talk about. That's a good, and also these are just jumping points. I've gone from talking about like one thing to something completely unrelated as seen on episodes with, like, J.W. and, like, Patrick and Peyton. Well, Patrick. So. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> so, like, who, who's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Oh, that's always a difficult question. It doesn't matter favorite what. I always have, like, a group of favorites. It, it depends on the universe. It depends on the group. It depends on, like, are we talking heroes or villains? That's, like, see, that's, that's how you know you're talking to someone who's invested, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not just a quick like. Okay, let's say let's say Marvel universe, and let's say heroes. All right. Well, I've actually my new favorite group is the Young Avengers because I've been reading a lot of them, okay. and they're by far the most diverse superhero group that I've ever encountered in the comics. Really? Like mm-hmm. how? Um, well, there's only like two straight members. Wow. Um, <laughs> only like three or four of them are white. And oh, there's, awesome. like, a huge group. Like, it's a very diverse group, and they're, they all have such great, like, chemistry with each other, and it's just a really cool thing to read. I like that. I wish they had a cooler name than the Young Avengers, though. Well, <laughs> the thing is, it started out with, like, three people, mm-hmm. and they called themselves the Young Avengers and, like, based their superhero names off of Avengers. And, right. like, originally they were just fanboys. Right. They just wanted to start a superhero group because they had superpowers. <laughs> Um, we might as well. Yeah, really. But then it evolved into something more because it turns out the reason that the person who assembled them did mm-hmm. did so because he was like a time traveler from the future and he wanted to ask the Avengers for help, but they had recently disbanded because of the snafu with the Scarlet Witch. Right. So 
all of the members of the Young Avengers are actually related to Avengers in some way or another, and that's why they have abilities. Oh, that's awesome. It is really cool. Huh, that is cool. So that's, like, your current favorite, like... Yeah. Is there any member of the team that you're, like... That's the best one. There's always there always has to be that one. Billy Billy yeah. Kaplan. He's adorable. I love him so much. What's like his role? He's like um, he's the Scarlet Witch's son. Scarlet. One of them. Oh, awesome. There's two twins, and there's a whole like thing with how they came to be because the Scarlet Witch's husband is an android, the Vision. So I didn't know that she huh. can't actually, you know, have kids with him. Right. But her powers are reality warping. So she's so, like, I'll make this work. Exactly. She made two children. And then through, like, something with souls, because she had to imbue the bodies with souls, and then the demon that she got the souls from got angry, and then, like, this whole thing happened, and that's actually what caused her mental breakdown and the disbanding of the Avengers, is right. because the demon took back the souls of her children, and that just caused her to snap. Right. And now, I may sound like a complete <laughs> not knowing what I'm talking about here, but is that the whole, like, um, what is it? House of M thing? Yes, it is. Okay. Aha! See, I keep up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the House of M is like one of my favorite like marvel alternate universes that they've done like i just i want all the comics to be in the house of (laughs) m universe it has so much potential and that's where she takes away like most of the population right their powers well at the end of it right at the beginning the actual house of magnus was she gave everybody powers oh that's awesome she made like she flipped the ratio of mutants to humans oh wow so that humans actually became like the ones that were bullied and beaten down and, like, huh. made fun of and publicly humili- humiliated. <laughs> I can speak. I can speak good English. Um, I almost said humilicized. I'm like, that's not a word. What's the word? <laughs> it sounds like a much more frightening version of the word. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's such a cool universe. But they, they get rid of it by, like, the end of just a little, a couple episodes or issues or whatever. And it's just, I wanted more. <laughs> what did you think of, um... As someone who seems to know the character fairly well, uh, the portrayal of Scarlet Witch in Avengers too. I think she was a little baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I didn't like that very much. The fact that I mean, it, it was cute, kind of, to see her like cowering in the corner, like this is my fault. I can't believe I did this. But yeah. then, and it was cool to have like the bromance moment between her and Hawkeye because they are that best friends cool. in the comics. Oh, they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. She, he's spoilers but he's one of the people that she uh, kills when she like goes crazy really? and she's she hates it so in the house of m universe she brought him back oh nice but then he found out that she killed him in an alternate universe and got kind of angry he's like still not cool yeah <laughs> i mean nice try but still <laughs> but it was nice to have that like bromance moment between them but it still was just like it seemed belittling like right. a father scolding a child instead of just like him helping her through it right and I also didn't like how they neutered her powers, but I understand it. Yeah, you can't make her, like, super powerful when the thing is supposed to be like, oh, we're facing the end of the world, because it'd make it too easy. Yeah. But, which actually was my problem with the movie, is that, like, they're, they're, they're going for the whole, like, stakes rising thing, but I didn't, I wasn't really scared of Ultron. Like, no, that's one of the things, because I actually, blah, blah, I can, I seriously <laughs> am having such a great time speaking. <laughs> Trying to say so many things at once. Um, mm. After I saw the movie, I have this app called Marvel Unlimited, which mm. means you can, like, for $10 a month, you can read any of the Marvel comics that have pretty much ever come out. That's awesome. Which is amazing. So I read The Age of Ultron in the comics, and oh, nice. 
it was a huge thing. It was hundreds of years. Really? The age of Ultron. Oh, instead so of the actually, three weeks of Ultron. <laughs> the three, that's not as good of a title. No, <laughs> three no, it's weeks not. of Ultron. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it was. Yeah. They created him and then he picked a city up out of the sky and that was it. And like then, And then Vision The rest of the world thing. didn't even know he was a thing. That's true. It was just that like his Ultron. Made-up country. <laughs> and, and another thing I didn't really like, my dad and I talked at length about this and how we didn't like it, was that he only seemed to have a consciousness in one body at a time. Ultron yeah. was everywhere. He was the Which internet. Which is way more scary. It really is. Like, yeah. he can control everything that anyone sees with any electronics. Yeah. And you can't kill him because yeah. he is everywhere. Unless you shut down the internet or the electricity in the entire world, you yeah. cannot kill him. So, and he has to come back. He's, he, like, the Avengers, like, number one bad guy. Yeah. Reoccurring anyways. He's not necessarily the most powerful, but he's he's important. And then to just, like, bring him in and then be like, eh, he's, <laughs> he's kind of dead now? We don't know. I, uh, I, it bothered me because I loved the first movie so much. And mm-hmm. I was like, Loki was a much more, like, he, he felt scarier to me just because he was, like, a maniac. Right. And with Ultron seeing, like, I was like, okay, you have James Spader playing him. So, automatically, I'm like, he's going to be, like, the perfect villain, super right. menacing stuff. And then watching the movie, I like that movie a lot just because it's a lot of fun. Right. But I wanted that darker, more serious. Like, the first image I'd ever seen, because I didn't know much about Ultron. I had heard mm-hmm. the name, but... A lot I, of people. Like, yeah. They just know, like, oh, it's Ultron. It's he's, Ultron. He's a cool guy, I guess. I, I knew, like, what um... What about him? Yeah. I think it was... Wasn't it, um... It was Ant-Man that made him, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw the picture of him, like, on the throne holding, like, the Ant-Man helmet, and I was like, that's badass. That's gonna be super cool. And in the movie, he was just kind of... He was just too... He was too human. Yeah, and yeah. that was a cool twist. Yeah, but he, Ultron was never like that. He seemed oddly religious in the movie to me, and that's that's something. Um, another huh. group of young superheroes that I read a lot is the Runaways. Oh, I've heard really good things. Yeah, about that. it's it's pretty great. And one of their members, Victor Manchez, is a cyborg mm-hmm. made by Ultron and oh, a human, and he is very religious. He is like a half and half. He is half that purely logical thing that Ultron is. Mm-hmm. The, like, there is no God, there is only logic. This is, like, the thing that rules the universe. And his mother, who was a very religious woman, and thought that Ultron was God. Right. And that's why she made this cyborg with him. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that you could short-circuit Victor was by asking him a paradox about God. Like, and he would just... <laughs> if, if could God Done. make a sandwich so large that even he himself could not finish it? Something like that. Uh, and he would just, like, down. shut down. <laughs> he couldn't do it. And I just thought that was so cool. And it feels like they tried to do that with the Ultron in the movie. They made him more human. Which was interesting, considering they were talking about him being, like, the consciousness of Tony Stark or whatever. Yeah. But it just... I don't know. It, it didn't work for Ultron. Yeah. So, and I know, like, the the film nerd part of me was also upset with the the character motivation because mm-hmm. I was like he doesn't really have a reason it was very quick like he read through like their database where everyone was like oh like humans are bad and I was like okay but let's explore that like a little more before I'm convinced you want to wipe the it, world of it humans. seems a bit to me like the fifth element 
Yeah. If you remember that. Yeah. Like, she was going through the database, and she got to war. Yeah. And she was just like, like, humans are bad. Yeah. Why would I save you? I feel like that, that happened in, like, the opposite with Ultron. Like, humans are bad. Let's kill them Let's all. Let's kill them. <laughs> and to bring perfect peace. Yeah. Like, and it, I can understand, like, from a writing standpoint where you could kind of maybe make that be a thing. But yeah. I don't know. It just felt so rushed. It did. It did. And I... I give Joss Whedon an infinite amount of credit because he's been able to bring these characters together. And I actually saw, I don't know if you watch Honest Trailers. I do. I watched one for Avengers 2 and it actually really upset me because they were like saying like uh, after the movie Joss Whedon was just like... It broke him. It yeah. honestly broke him. And I was like, no, Joss Whedon never broken. He can do and anything. I, I love Joss Whedon yeah. and I, I was not a huge fan of the movie. I saw it like four times in theaters, but it was just because <laughs> I was trying to convince myself that I liked it. Yeah. Don't you hate that? You're like, I'm supposed to love this thing, mm-hmm. and I can't. I love the Avengers. I love Joss Whedon. Yeah. Scarlet Witch is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Why don't I like this movie? Yeah. And yeah. I think that a big reason that I don't, and one of the reasons why Joss kind of quit Twitter and shut down afterwards, was the extremely forced romance between Black Widow and the Hulk. See, I'm excited to talk about that, because I'm one of the few people who like that. I'm I'm the only person I know. I remember my friend Anna. Uh, she's like she's been on the podcast. She talked. To, we were talking about it, and she told me like this a few weeks ago. She was like, you know, I knew you would like it, and I texted you, and I remember her texting me this saying like she saw it with her friend after I had, I had already seen it, and she was like, I know my friend Nick likes the romance between them, and she texted me, and she said she showed her friend. She was like, see, and they couldn't believe it, but I. What what didn't oh, you gosh. like about it? Oh, where to start? Okay. <laughs> Number one, it just seemed out of place. Right. In an action superhero movie that, like, didn't need this subplot. Yeah. If you took out all the scenes where they were flirting, you'd have the same movie. Literally <laughs> nothing true. changed. That is true. The only thing that that was good for was the Hulk left at the end because Black Widow betrayed his trust. Yeah. You could have had that without the romance. That's true. He could have just left because he was upset at, like, the chaos mm-hmm. when he was... Because in... of the Hulkbuster. Yeah. That's plenty good enough reason for him to want to leave. Yeah, that's than true. Than over a woman. Over <laughs> That just makes it so pathetic. Yeah. Like, yeah. make him leave because he's afraid of hurting people, not because he's afraid that she's going to break his heart. Yeah. I Yeah, I get that. That's fair. What did you think about it in terms of her, though? Because I know a lot of people... And I, I understood this completely, where it's like, you have one female Avenger, and you're going to give her a love yeah. story. I was like, I, I understand that, that. That's actually what pissed me off the most, yeah. was because Black Widow is supposed to be this, like, otherworldly type creature, because she was raised in this business. She has no emotions. And I right. understand, she's starting to get them, because she's on a team that loves her, and yeah. that she might like back, but... Doesn't mean you have to force her into a romance. Yeah. And with somebody that she was absolutely terrified of in the first and, movie. Yeah, that scene actually always gets me in the first one. I'm like, she, Scarlett Johansson kills that performance. Oh, yeah. Just the fear, like. That, like, that she's tearing up, but she's been trained not to show emotion. Yeah. That she is trying so hard to keep herself under control. And you know it's not the same, like, tactic she used with Loki because there's no one around. Yeah. There is no one to see it but yeah. her. And he's a literal monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I I get that. What did you think of the um 
one of my friends had an issue with the uh, flashback, and um, I think it was implying that she had gotten the surgery to... Yeah, a lot of people seemed to mistake her saying that she was a monster as equal to her saying she was infertile. Right. I don't... Like, I understand where they could see that, Mm -hmm. but that's not what she's saying. And anybody who thinks that's what she's saying is... I I hate to be, like, rude, but they're kind of (laughs) stupid for not getting that. Because she's saying that, like, because she was made infertile, she doesn't get attached to people because she can't have have kids with them and have a future with them. And a lot of people, that's why they get in relationships. Right. I I mean, according to, like, the gung-ho, like... Christians, that is why you get married, to have children and further the population. Right. So, from, like, a completely logical standpoint, if you cannot have kids, you're at less of a risk of being in a relationship. Right. That's all that meant. That is not why she said she was a monster. She's a monster because she was born and raised to kill people. Right. That is what that meant. Yes, it could have been more on the nose. Yeah. But then people would be complaining about that. <laughs> but yeah, because well, I remember walking out and hearing about that and being like, maybe I just missed something because I also didn't really take it as like, you know, but I I had an issue. One of my biggest issues with that movie was the uh, the flashbacks um, when Scarlet Witch, or not the flashbacks, but the... Um, like Scarlet Witch gets in everyone's right, heads. Yeah, the, the visions that yeah, they all get. I because one Thor's I still don't know what the fuck is going on, and I get that it's like a setup for something. Yeah, I mean you you saw the honest trailers how he so Joss had to have his own movie, but also yeah. set up like five different movies. Which is I can't imagine that. <clears throat> That's it would be insane. terrifying. But I just still because I want to look at that movie as an isolated thing. Mm-hmm. It still just really bothers me because I like to look at these movies, even though now the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Kinda... That's true. They they all should be isolated things. Yeah, which is really you hard to do now. Should be able to watch just one and know what's happening. And exactly. I know because my mother is not a comic book nerd. Even though she's seen most of the movies, she yeah. still doesn't know what's going on. Nobody really? knows who Thanos is. Yeah, that's because true. he has had like he's been in like what four movies now, maybe three. Yeah, I think three. <clears throat> Because he was in the end credits of one of them. He was in um, Avengers. Avengers. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy, and he was at the end of this one. Right. So he's been in for quite a bit. But people are still... But people have no idea who he is. (laughs) Yeah. Not a clue. And now, as if you don't know... Because I only knew who he was because after the first one, I had to look him up and be... (laughs) I just had to. Right. But if you don't know who he is, do you think that's still works as like an as an audience member do you think that instead of being frustrated you're just like how did how is your mom like with it she's just confused just like confused? she's she doesn't even really care who yeah. he is she's just like why is this guy appearing what does he want guy? why is he just on a throne yeah. giving people stuff what and then at the end all he says is fine i'll do it myself do what what has he been trying to do <laughs> I, i'm a comic book nerd i know what he actually wants but in the movies what is he doing yeah why that's actually a really good you know what that's a great point because in the back of my head when he says i'll do it myself i'm like that's badass but that's because we know right yeah we know that's supposed to be badass but, <laughs> but you're right if you have no context you're just like what like that's true that is a good point it's they have a hard they kind of put themselves in a corner with that with the Marvel Cinematic Universe thing because it's it's awesome that all of these things connect but then you have to always have them connect mm-hmm. and it's like that's what I heard um 
I didn't see Ant-Man, but that's what I remember reading uh, Edgar Wright's intention of it was, like, an isolated, like, heist movie sort of thing. And he didn't end up... Ant-Man definitely works as an isolated movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. The only thing that, like, harkens back to the other movies is the end credit scene. Right. Because it brings in Bucky, uh, Steve, and uh, the Falcon. Awesome. Wilson. What is his first name? (laughs) Sam? Sam. Sam. Okay. Sorry. Um, but, and, and Sam is earlier on in the movie as well, because Ant-Man has to steal something from an Avengers I heard it's base. a really funny scene. It is great. That's awesome. But it, it's, it's still isolated. You right. don't have to have seen Captain America 2, which was a whole other movie that I'm often known for ranting about. Oh, I um, would love to hear your thoughts on that, but keep going. Yeah, but, um... Other than that, like, you don't need to know who the Falcon is. You're right. just like, oh, it's another superhero. Yeah. And that's all it has to be. Yeah. Now, did you watch the, um, I want to get back to Captain America because I have issue. I have issues with it, just, we'll get to that. Um, did you watch, uh, Netflix's Daredevil series? I watched the first three episodes and it didn't hook me. Really? And I know that's crazy. A lot of people are like, oh, it's the best ever, but... Daredevil has never really been that interesting to me. Yeah. So that's why. I mean, once the Luke Cage series and Jules series comes out, then I'll, I'll watch those. Yeah. But, and as as well as Daredevils, because I'm yeah. sure that they're going to be doing stuff. They're the team, the Defenders, Defenders, I think, yeah. That's... Which is interesting, because I'm pretty sure that Doctor Strange is supposed to be in the Defenders. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. And they might bring him in, but he's not going to be Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Oh, true. That's really annoying. Mm-hmm. Because Daredevil is still supposed to exist in the MCU thing that they're doing now. But I don't think they're owned by the same people. <clears throat> and they definitely don't have the same um, budget. Oh, no. I actually had seen, um, I'd seen, I think on like IMDb or something, that Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil, was supposed to, or is signed on for Avengers Infinity War Part 2. That would be cool. It would be cool, but my friend Artie was making a great point. He was just like, what's he going to do? Because, like... They need bodies. They need... (laughs) No, I'm serious. I I can't believe they're doing Civil War so early because they don't have nearly enough superheroes for it to make a difference. I started... Because I was getting so jazzed for Civil War, I started reading, like, just a bunch of the different issues with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was... That's what I thought about it. I was like... Civil. What makes Civil War so epic in the comics is that it's the whole community. It's the entire world. Yeah. And then, uh, including some of the other planets in the universe, even. Yeah. Because, like, it affects everybody with abilities that are not Homo sapiens. Yeah. It affects the Kree and the Shi'ar and the Skrull and... We don't even know who those people are. So now we're getting like a half-assed version, which exactly. is, and I'm excited for it still. Yeah, I'm not gonna obviously. lie, but it's still just like I actually had heard that um, Iron Man wasn't even supposed to have that big of a role in it at first, and I was like, how can you do that then? But it's a split, like, and Iron Man and exactly. Captain America lead the faction. I was like, what were they thinking? Iron Man that? started the Civil War. Exactly. How can he not have a role so in it? I was like, what's gonna? What would be the? Th- I'm also curious as to what's gonna be the thing that like that starts it ignites it. Yeah, because we don't have that group. The exactly. New the new yeah, I which to be honest, I kind of like a different motivation because I thought in the comics it was sort of silly. But I thought I, I it was realistic. It. I mean, if if superhero teams become such like a common thing, right. why wouldn't they start a reality TV show in our in today's society? 
why wouldn't they? That's true. Well, people would get, they'd get so many ratings. People would love to watch that. Yeah. And they'd get cocky. They'd be That's focused true. on the ratings, which is exactly what happened and caused the catastrophe that ignited the Civil War. That's true. For anyone listening who doesn't know, like, the Civil War story, it was New Warriors. What was the speedball, right? I think so. He, yeah. um, there's a, they're, like, young superhero team. They have a reality show, and they go to bust these like bad C-list guys. Like, C-list superheroes. Yeah, and they want to get ratings up. Right, because they can't actually, like, fight bad guys and get yeah, the papers. They just, they just have powers, and they're like, let's use them. And so they go to bust these guys, and then who's the guy who, um, he explodes, right? Yeah, they're, it's a bunch of A-list supervillains that yeah. have been hiding out that they've just found, and instead of calling in for actual superheroes to come <laughs> help out, they decide, we can take them. And one of the villains whose names i don't remember okay maybe they're b-list villains they're still above the superheroes yeah um, he <laughs> he is something with a, atomic things or nitros or something like that something like that and he explodes near a school he basically sets off an atomic bomb mm-hmm. at a school killing mm-hmm. like hundreds of thousands of people right and the thing is the footage all lived Mm-hmm. The camera guy <laughs> caught him saying, oh, we're doing this for ratings, and then got the heck out of there once things got really bad. Yeah. So this footage spread, like, globally that superheroes are only doing what they're doing for themselves. Yeah. So people started to say that they needed to register superheroes so they know their intents, they know their powers, everything is registered. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is starting to do that. They have a database that they're, oh, like, awesome. logging all of the um, Inhumans on. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole other thing. They're using Inhumans <laughs> as mutants because they don't have rights to that word. Oh, uh, uh, that's <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. But, um, so basically, like, that's what starts, like, the Civil Wars. Right. Iron Man was, for some reason, put to blame because of this thing, so he rallied behind the Registration Act. Right. But Captain America, who has been registered since the 40s when yeah. he got his abilities, is completely against it. He says that we should be saving people. It shouldn't be about, like, getting a license to save people. That's why we started. Right. Because the people with licenses haven't been doing anything. Right. And also, I because th- the reason I would agree with him in the comics is just that naturally when you have... If you were to have that kind of power, of course that puts you a little bit above any type of authority just Mm -hmm. naturally it does just like how we as animals like as human beings are above other animals it's the same thing but i just in the what bothers me about the movie and and that's magneto's way of thinking yeah with the homo superior (laughs) he takes it a bit too far (laughs) too far but but it's the same basic principle yeah i i just because hearing you say all of that with like the like of course there would be a team like New Warriors who wanted ratings and stuff. Makes me even more anxious for, like, what are they going to do in the Civil War movie that's going to be... Because my first thought was, like, oh, maybe it has something to do with, like, the Hulk, like, how he fucked everything up in, like, the second Avengers movie. Or just even the second Avengers movie in general. Maybe they're just, like, the Avengers are involved in another nearly, like, apocalyptic event. Mm-hmm. Maybe it has something to do with them. But I don't know. I... There just hasn't been enough material to, you know... I think that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying very hard to try to set that up. Right. Because they're talking about, like, the incidents with New York, with London from Thor 2, which I had almost completely forgotten about until Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. brought it up. I haven't even watched Thor 2. Oh, well, basically this giant alien spacecraft, like, 
goes like through Greenwich. Of course it does. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course not, it does. Not even over, through. <laughs> um, and then Sokovia, the city falling from the sky. Like, yeah. these incidents are happening and people assume that it's because of superheroes. So, yeah. So there is some cause for alarm. I don't think that many people died yeah. in these events. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, one of the things I loved about the Avengers is they tried to evacuate people. It's, it's awesome. That was such a Steve Rogers thing to do. It was. And, it, and one of the reasons I don't like Captain America, too, is because he wasn't Steve Rogers in that. He was Captain America. Okay, let's let's switch gears to that, because I, I like Captain America, too, but I think it's super overrated. I've heard a lot of people say, best movie in, like, the MCU. Uh-uh. I, I don't agree with completely. that. I disagree completely. What What are your like your qualms with it? My biggest qualm is that it's called Captain America. It should be Shield, the movie Shield. starring Captain America <laughs> and Black Widow. True. True. Because it doesn't further his character development at all. I mean, maybe maybe it does. Maybe they want him to be more of a machine than he was in the first movie. I honestly think that the first Captain America movie so perfectly captured steve rogers spirit yeah. when he's like this tiny little twig and he jumps on a grenade yeah. because it might save a few people yeah. that makes me tear up every time That's i'm just like real, that is like, steve rogers that yeah. is why they chose him because yeah. he is a pure cinnamon roll too precious for this world <laughs> <laughs> it's true though it's but him. it's just that was so him and the yeah. fact that he the line like i don't like bullies yeah. not that he wants to kill nazis he mm. just doesn't like people who put down people who they think are lesser than them right that is so steve rogers and so captain america and it's just it hurts me a little inside to see captain america too and to see like he doesn't care anymore yeah. he's just he, being a spy for yeah. shield and captain america was never like that but isn't that part of the isn't that part of the issue in the movie though that he doesn't want to they don't make it very prominent yeah, that's it doesn't. True. It's not like he starts off as like the patriotic boy he is, and then slowly descends. He's already there. Yeah, that is true. I my issue with it was that it was called um, the Winter Soldier because I was like he wasn't important in the movie. He was in it. He was there. But that's even true. even at the end, I was I was wanting a bigger payoff when he's like, "Oh shit, it's Bucky." You know, I I didn't feel I mean, anything. For comic book fans, it was Captain America 2, Bucky's back. Bucky's back. Because, like, saying it's the Winter Soldier, everybody knows who the Winter Soldier is. Yeah. There is no surprise. Bucky should not have been the plot twist in that. Yeah. And I guess he kind of wasn't, like, oh, Hydra's been in S.H.I.E.L.D. this whole time, which was, it seemed so forced to me. Like, there was nothing that showing that in it. any of the movies prior. <laughs> and I'm, really I wasn't. know that Kevin, who's, like, the producer making all of them link together, I know that he should have put something there. Yeah, there really was nothing. Absolutely no. Because if you watch, like, Avengers, where S.H.I.E.L.D. has the most prominent part in any of the mm -hmm. mcu movies you would get no indication not even a little bit that none yeah that's like i think true. there's a moment where captain america finds like hydra weapons but nick fury knows about it so yeah. like it's not even surprising yeah tony stark got all of shield's files in that movie <laughs> All of them, <laughs> even the super duper encrypted ones. He, he just—he never. Was even there not like a that? Hydra was here <laughs> file, so he skipped over it? Hydra was here. Oh, name of the episode. Hydra's <laughs> here. I like it. That's that is a really good point. Watching it, I do remember thinking like, 
I, I kind of, like, overlooked it because I was like, I'm enjoying this movie, but... Right, I, yeah, it's a great movie. I love yeah, it. You it's, can sense Joss Whedon in it. It's oh, yeah. It's perfect. I love it, but it's just... It's too... What I liked the, the most about it was... It was a really, like, cool, fun movie, you know? Because it, it, it was, was, like, a spy kind of, like, thing. I love Falcon so much. I think Anthony Falcon Mackie's was amazing. He was perfect he, for Sam Wilson. I just... Oh, it was so amazing. He's awesome. And I, I would rank it pretty high up because I don't... Like, I didn't enjoy Thor very much. And I never nah. watched the second one. Which I heard was good. It wasn't as good as the first one, if yeah. that tells you anything. Oh. But, I mean, obviously yeah. sequels rarely are as good as the first one. True. True. I... One that I like, the, I mean, I'm not, like, in the minority on this, obviously. It's, like, a beloved one. Uh, I would rank Guardians of the Galaxy up really high. Yeah. Honestly, that, is... that might be my favorite. I, I saw it, probably. like, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy and then the Avengers, like, back-to-back, and mm. Guardians of the Galaxy was just more fun. It's a lot more and fun. And I think that's one of the reasons why DC movies aren't doing so well, is they're not doing the they're fun no thing. no fun. Let's, let's get on to DC. Who's your favorite DC hero? Oh, that's difficult, because I don't, it's difficult for me to pick a favorite hero in DC. I'm not super invested in DC. I mostly know DC villains. Like, I guess that's not technically true. Yeah. When I was really little, I watched, um, I think it was a Warner Brothers TV show, um, called, uh, Legion of Superheroes. The cartoon? Yeah. Yeah. Superman, like, in space? yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, these... 31st century heroes went back in time and grabbed Superman. Which is a super cool concept. It is. Yeah. And they brought him to their time and he didn't know he was Superman yet. Yeah. And so they had to like teach him his powers. Yeah. Like in the first episode, um, Lightning Lad's like, use your frost breath. And Superman was like, what? I don't have that. (laughs) And he was like, think cold and blow. (laughs) And they like taught him how to use his powers that have been like on their, in their library database for ages. And it's just such a neat concept of like that paradox kind of thing. But it is. So I really liked Legion of Superheroes and Brainiac 5 was my favorite. Brainiac 5? I wouldn't necessarily say he still is because after that show got canceled. (laughs) After the second (laughs) season and they left it on such a cliffhanger. Oh yeah, it was two seasons. Damn. What was the cliffhanger? Brainiac 5 became a human. He got an upgrade and became human. Huh. And then they're just like, that's enough of that. Well, I guess not human. Technically, Brainiac 5 is a Kaluan in the comics. What's a Kaluan? It's the planet Kolu. Like, it's just an alien species. Right. Which there are so many more aliens in, like, DC than, like... I mean, I guess that's not necessarily true. Marvel has, like, factions, like, there are empires, yeah. so it's easier to just be, like, Shi'ar than the planet they're from, Yeah. whereas DC does planets instead of, and moons, I guess. Yeah. But, um, in the comics, Brainiac was a robot. Brainiac is Superman's villain. Yeah. He's the one who blew up Krypton, apparently. <laughs> That's some revisionist history there. Um, and then he kind of adopted Brainiac 2, Vril Dox, which is his actual name, mm-hmm. who was a Kaluan. And then as they, like, as he had kids, Brainiac 3 and 4 and 5, I don't remember 3 and 4's names, but 5 is Coral Dox. Okay. And so he's he's a Kaluan in the comics, so he already was humanoid. Right. Whereas in, like, in the uh, TV show, they made him a robot, and then, like, the twist was he became more humanoid at the end. Right. Yeah, because all I've ever known, like, Brainiac's a name that you hear a lot when you talk or think Superman. Mm-hmm. 
I've only ever known him to be, like, he has something to do with computers, right? Like, he's some kind of, like... Yeah, I mean, that's most DC villains, I guess. Like, yeah. besides the big names. And there there are some big names. I think yeah. the DC villains have bigger names than Marvel villains. You think so? Yeah. I mean, you just say names like Catwoman, Joker, um, True. Brainiac. What is it? Even, like, Mr. Freeze. True. Like, people know of them. That is a good point, actually, yeah. That's completely true. I... I, I'm trying to think of what it is about DC that never hit me like Marvel did. Yeah, I don't really know what it is either. Because, like, I, I mean, I own, so, like, a stack of comic books that's the size of my torso. <laughs> honestly. Awesome. And, like, more than half, like, maybe 75% of it are Marvel comics. Yeah. And, like, I got, um, oh, yeah, this is what I was going to say before I got distracted talking about Coral. Um... <laughs> Once the uh, season's canceled, I got the actual Legion of Superheroes comics. Mm-hmm. And so I had them, like, the actual issues as they came out each month. Mm-hmm. So I have some of those as well from DC, from Legion of Superheroes. <clears throat> and then when that stopped, <laughs> because I only ever get into things right before they get canceled, um, I got the Rebels comics, which talked about Brainiac 2 and oh, okay. his um, superhero group. I say that because <laughs> Quote, he's not a great guy. Like he gets a yellow lantern ring if that tells you anything about uh, his personality. Um like he purposefully like he kills a yellow lantern and takes his ring Jesus because he needs Christ. the power. And this is a superhero? Yeah, well, I mean, that's why I say that word like with a, a, a twinge of yikes maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like I, I have some DC comics. The ones that I love the most are the Batman Superman comics. Okay. The uh, first one I read, I think it might have been like one of the first DC comics I ever read, was the Batman Superman and Supergirl, mm-hmm. where they introduce Kara. And it was so great. And you want to know why? Because what? it was funny. The first like two pages are talking about like, it's the same events, mm-hmm. but it's Superman's thoughts and then Batman's thoughts. Oh, that's And they're awesome. so starkly contrasting. That surprises me, because when I think DC, I do not think funny at all. That's that's the thing. Like, yeah. I, I should like I should lend you the comics. Yeah. Next time I go home, I'll grab them. Um, they're, they're great. They yeah. honestly are, because they keep that lighthearted tone. Yeah. I, that's a Joss Whedon quote, actually. I'm probably misquoting it, but, like, the basic idea of it was, make it dark... Make it gruesome, but for God's sake, make them laugh. Make them, yeah, it's true, because I don't want to... I don't know, I like dark and, like, gritty, but just not all the time. It just gets overbearing, and, like, yeah. if you're not trying to make it that way for some overarching theme, like, yeah. if, if you're doing a movie about mental illness, yeah. you don't necessarily want to lighten that with yeah. it being funny. But if you're doing a superhero movie, you can make it realistic, like Watchmen. Watchmen was, I mean, realistic. But the (laughs) point of Watchmen was like, what if we had superheroes back in this time period? How would the world be different? So it was more realistic than, I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy. But it's even... Even Watchmen was funny at times. There were moments where you laughed or, like, something was just absurd. Yeah. And, I mean, the new... DC movies don't really have that. I didn't even see the most recent Batman movie because I just thought it was so overrated. The most recent? The one with Bane. I, man, people who listen know Dark Knight Rises, that's my, it's my favorite one, which I get crucified for constantly. I just like, well, the whole Nolan exploration of Batman I liked in general because he was like, all right, let me... One, I'm going to put Batman in a real-world context, you know? Similar to Watchmen, where it's like, 
let's rewrite history as if this person did exist in our world. And then I like that, because there, I mean, there are so many different things when you think Batman, you think, like, like, uh, the gritty, you know, brooding crime fighter, you think detective, you think genius. Which is fine, because that's what Batman is. Yeah, exactly. And he, he used it in a kind of theatrical way, where he's like, let me have Bruce Wayne be exploring Batman more as a concept, more as a thing literally like as a mask for people to rally behind where it's like oh even if i die batman still exists and that's great i, I mean i like the batman movies yeah. i just i think my issue was that bane could never live up to joker i you know what i think that they portrayed the joker so well because Brilliant. he wasn't like, a joke yeah he was so horrifying real. it was terrifying <laughs> yeah and that was so well written and yeah. well performed. Obviously, yeah. like if they had a different actor do that, it would not have it had wouldn't. the same magnitude. And it fits so well into his idea, Nolan's idea of let me explore mm-hmm. it in the real world because it's not like we don't have people like the Joker in the real world. Granted, in the movie, super villain obviously wears right. the makeup it, and everything. It's a bit caricatured. Yeah. But- people like that exist that some men just want to watch the world burn yes that's honestly it exactly that's the chaotic evil if you're talking about like dungeons and dragons alignments that's what it is like (laughs) oh yeah i'm (laughs) let me i I often think of it that way like ultron at least how he was portrayed in the movies was lawful evil right he wanted to establish an order darth vader is lawful evil yeah because he works for an empire that's just trying to establish rules and your rules don't coincide with mine, so you gotta die. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, whereas the Joker doesn't give a shit. He just wants to fuck shit up. <laughs> and, and the thing is, like, if Batman stopped, Joker would stop. Yeah. Because there is no Joker without Batman. Yeah. It's a beautiful, horrifying relationship. It, it really is. I... A case I will make for Bane, and I'm not saying... I do like Dark Knight Rises more than Dark Knight. Everyone hates me for that, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to say Bane was a better villain than Joker because I think it's almost impossible to just because that performance is mm-hmm. legendary for a reason. But I will say Nolan goes for... He takes everything that was great about the past villains from the first two films and incorporates into Bane. But he also makes Bane like... He makes him almost like like Shakespearean, like villain in the way you would think of like a Shakespeare character, because he has these really like in depth, like witty lines while he's kicking Batman's ass, and it is awesome. My biggest issue just is like with Bane in general in that movie is just at one point he used the gun, and I was like, that's not like Bane's character, but whatever. I know some people were upset about like the size thing, because in you know the comics he has like the poise, the venom that makes him like. But I was yeah. like, it's a real world context. Yeah. Like he's not gonna, you know. But um, so what would you say like your favorite superhero movie is if you had to choose one? Oh gosh, I can see the gears like. <laughs> At the moment, mainly because it's one of the most recent ones I've seen, because that that's a heavy like, yeah. influencer on what your favorite is, the that's one you true. remember the best, probably Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. I, man, I rewatched it like a few months ago, and I was like, somehow it improved from my first viewing, because I loved it the first time, mm-hmm. and then the second time I was like, I really love it. Like, it's just so, the beginning of it, where it's Chris Pratt, 
and he's dancing and the music comes on and you see the titles it's just so fun it really is like i remember because watching the movie in the theaters on the big screen to see like those characters take up the entire like yeah i almost said page but like (laughs) the entire screen and you're just like this is gonna be a good movie yeah but like the way that they actually like the the opening yeah to start it off so dark and so sad yeah like i i still kind of that that kid the screaming like okay the mom died whatever but that kid screaming i was just like no, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh gosh! And like you know, then that like nothing can be that sad again in the entire movie. Yeah. And they don't try to be. Yeah. I mean, Groot kind of dies, I guess. Not re- nobody was really surprised when he came back. It's, yeah. Nobody stays dead in Marvel. Yeah. Um. Which has which is its own problem altogether. Like I didn't cry when Quicksilver died, even though he's one of my favorites because really? I thought he was coming back. Yeah, and he probably I'm still, still kind is. Of convinced that he will. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> going from talking to Guardians back to Avengers, Quicksilver in the comics could at one point control Terrigen Mist. Terrigen Mist, if you don't know, is in. Know. <laughs> <laughs> it's heavily used in Agents of Shield. Okay. That's how Coulson came back. Oh, he huh. was basically injected with the blood of a Kree, oh, which wow. ha- have, they have like super advanced healing factors, and that's how he was able to come back to life. Right. Um, and then they they came they went on this whole hunt for this thing called an obelisk, mm-hmm. which like if humans touched they died, but some people didn't die when they touched it. So they were like, I don't know what this is. Those are the Inhumans. Oh, okay. They are descendant from the Kree. Right. And so they have some Kree blood in them. And when they're exposed to the Terrigen Mist, which is basically like this fog that comes out of the obelisk when placed in the certain chemical reaction, I don't know, they keep trying to make things scientific. Um, it, <laughs> Just tell me what the thing does. Yeah, the Terrigen Mist, it kills humans, but it also um, can mutate the inhumans and give them abilities. Oh, wow. So, I don't know how, but like... Quicksilver somehow gains control of Terrigen Mist in the comics. He can, like, like I don't know, use it against people. Like, he can blow Terrigen Mist, like, towards people and either kill them or mutate them. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting, because, like, his wife and daughter are Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Because I think he actually marries, like, the princess of the Inhumans or something like that. It's this whole thing. <laughs> um, but it's Crystal, and his daughter's name is Luna, and she controls, like, the four elements, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. It's been a while since I've looked at her Wikipedia page. I never actually <laughs> read those comics. Um, I do that So I'm, I'm talking out my ass right now. <laughs> but I know that I know that he got control of the Terrigen Mist, and so if they do bring him back the same way that they brought Coulson back, they could play on that. That would be awesome. And I... it would make sense. Yeah. Another theory that my dad has mm-hmm. is that... It's going to lead to finding one of the Infinity Stones. Oh, wow. He thinks that Scarlet Witch would be so distraught over what happened to her twin brother, which she often is in the comics. Yeah. And she's not all there, that she'll try to find an Infinity Stone to bring him back. And both huh. of the remaining ones, the Soul Gem and the Time Gem, have that ability. Wow, that's actually a really good theory. That is a really good theory. I would like for them to bring him back because they didn't really... <laughs> I know. They's... He was... He, I mean, he was just in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't. He's such a great character, and like he's so witty, and like the quips that he delivers. And I just didn't really get that. Like when he, in the first scene, when you first see him, he's kind of vibrating yeah. a little bit. Like he's not staying still, and I loved that because Quicksilver never stays still. Yeah. Sometimes he talks so quickly that nobody can understand him except yeah. for Wanda. 
Yeah. Because she's lived with him her entire life and she gets him. Yeah. But, like, and I was waiting for something like that. Like, yeah. Because he is so quick-witted and so sarcastic. Yeah. But, the, I mean, it was kind of there, but I didn't care for that particular version of him when he died. Right. I mean, they obviously did it because, like, they set up the whole movie like Hawkeye was going to die. They yeah. Had, they heavily laid on the foreshadow. So Everyone I knew that he wasn't going to die. Yeah. Because of that. Because it's a Joss film. Yeah. Obviously, Hawkeye wasn't going to die. Yeah. I almost wish he had. I love Hawkeye. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I feel like I would have been more hurt over Hawkeye dying than this character that they just introduced. Oh, yeah. Though he's one of my favorites in the comics. Yeah. The, the biggest impact it had on me was Hawkeye's reaction to it, you know? Mm. And Scarlet Witches when she, like, right, yeah. you know. And she just had a meltdown. And that yeah. was great. I yeah. loved seeing that. Because that it really gave cool. a hint of her power. Yeah. The fact that she just disintegrated everything. Because that was she can awesome. do that. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of waiting to see more of in the movie. And I was like, at least they used it at some point. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, my biggest reaction to Quicksilver dying was Hawkeye kind of being, like, his reaction to it. But... One thing that bothered me, and I know it's hard to explore in that movie, when you have characters that have certain powers, I feel like you just have to explore the full range of those powers. Like, um, you know, I've seen versions of, like, uh, The Flash, where he, you know, is so fast that he essentially Super is a ghost. Speed is, you know? is a thing that's really difficult to capture. Like, yeah. In the comics, both Quicksilver and the Flash can turn intangible by it's vibrating so, cool. so quickly that their molecules, I don't know, scientifically, it's kind of bullshit, yeah. but it's cool. Yeah. They can just vibrate through walls. Yeah. Even um, going back to the Young Avengers, uh, Billy Kaplan's twin brother is um, Thomas Shepard or Tommy. Mm-hmm. They have last names because of reasons that I'm not going to go on a rant on right now. <laughs> Tommy is basically Quicksilver, whereas Billy is basically Scarlet Witch. Okay. They have, like, those powers. Only mm-hmm. Billy might be even more powerful than Scarlet Witch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Each. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, Tommy can do the same thing. He can just, like, vibrate through a wall. And Tommy has the ability to make sonic blasts by mm-hmm. vibrating something so quickly that it explodes. That's awesome. Which is really cool. And it's just, and they kind of do that in um, the X Men movie that has Quicksilver in it, where he like vibrates the glass so quickly that it shatters. Right. Um, so like, super speed is very difficult. And yeah. in the comics, canonically, Quicksilver can dodge machine gun fire. How did he die in the movie? Even in even <laughs> even with the how they explored his powers in Avengers Two, I was like, he still shouldn't have died. Yeah. He still... I don't get why he just, like, pushed them out of the way instead of grabbing them and bringing them back, because he could have done that. He could have done that. Every time I watch it, I think about that, I'm like, that's just dumb. That's just dumb. Not even, like, okay, so say that, oh, he can't change his direction that quickly. Okay, grab them and keep running. Yeah. It was, it was too much for a character, like, who has super speed for me to... I suspend my disbelief for a lot of things, and that yeah. wasn't one of them. I was like, come on. But... I actually liked a lot more in um, uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, I liked the Quicksilver in that movie way more, and he's not even in it as much. Again, I have I have qualms. They made right. him a bit too super-powered. Right. They made his powers more time-controlled than super-speed. But it was so awesome. I, I think I've talked to you about this yeah, before, but I'm, I'm going to this. explain again for the lovely people listening. Um, it, he should have 
constantly been moving yeah. in that scene. Because his powers are super speed. I understand you're trying to get in his mind, and this is how he views the world, and that's yeah. great. But he should still constantly be moving, because that is the super speed aspect of it. Yeah. And I don't care how quickly you're moving, you cannot touch a bullet and move it out of the way without the skin on your finger being torn off. That doesn't work. Yeah. You can't just, like, casually, like, have, like, food and, like, you know... You can't just, like, pick a bullet out of the air because it still has that same velocity. Like, yeah. Yeah. I would un- ha- I would have preferred I can't speak <laughs> I would have preferred for him to like move them out of the way of the bullets yeah than to him just moving the bullets yeah I, I think it's everything more... else was great like yeah. the fact that he like would move like the pans and yeah. punch each other like that kind of stuff I liked yeah because Quicksilver does that because yeah. he's a little shit because he's a little but, like, I don't know, some parts of it were... I think it's one of those things where it's more like, let's show off, like, the technical feat of his powers, even if, you know, it's like, because it's already a comic book movie, we don't have to, you know, right. play with the rules. I mean, it was such a much. small thing that I didn't like. Yeah. Just, the entire time I was watching the scene, I was laughing, because it, it is very well done. Oh, it's... It's but one of the it's just, the when you actually dissect it, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Did you see it uh, in theaters? Did you, yeah. Did everyone clap after that scene? Because when mm-hmm. I saw it, everyone started cheering, and I was like, that's a crowd pleaser. I yeah. dig it. Like, that's that's one of the reasons why I don't, like, I'm not like, they shouldn't have had that yeah. scene. It's yeah. too much. But like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, given how overpowered he became in that scene, they should have brought him with them yeah. on the rest of it, because yeah. he would have made things so much easier. <laughs> But I, that I, did bother me after. I was like, why are they letting him go after they've seen everything he can do? And why would he care about a car? That's my thing. Like, <laughs> right. he runs faster than any car could ever go. It doesn't matter if it's like a race car. Yeah. It's still a snail's pace it's to still, him. Yeah. He's still going to be just, yeah. I, how would you rank that for X-Men movies? The X-Men movies are a weird thing. Yeah. Because there's the X-Men franchise, I'm going to say. Yeah. So like. There's X-Men and X2, and then the movie that never got made, <clears throat> because it was so terrible. And then I, and then there's the Wolverine movies that also shouldn't have been made. Um, I hate those so much. I haven't seen the most recent one, because Origins was way more... Dis- like, I knew it was going to be disappointing, but, but holy hell. it was hell, terrible. It was absolutely It was just terrible. bad. Like, 100%. from a writing perspective, it was just bad. At one point, I remember... There was something with, like, a helicopter, and he jumps out. Oh, yeah. And I remember just being like, I'm fucking done with this movie. <laughs> like, and honestly... I was done with it when I saw how badly animated his claws were. Uh, and then, like, the, like, static that they made when he scraped so them together. I mean, stupid. I guess it was, like, a spark, but still... I mean, it, it harkened back to the comic days because he used to do that. He would, like, hold his hands above his head and, like, there would be these punching the, lightning yeah. things about, between his claws, but still, <laughs> it was a movie bit too much. Work. Yeah. And, honestly, the second one starts off pretty strong. It's a cool story. I've seen the everything wrong with it, and I can definitely agree those would be things that I would have disliked about it. Yeah. Like, the character motivations, for the most part. Yeah. There are no motivations. Yeah. And that's a huge, like, crippling it's, factor for a movie. Yeah, it's super dreary, and, like, well, a lot of the X-Men movies are. Mm. But the third act just falls apart completely. It gets so... When it has the guy inside, like, the robot samurai Isn't suit... Isn't that supposed to be the silver samurai? I think it's supposed to be. And it's Which really badly really done. really annoyed me. <laughs> the animation on it is, like, 
it's crazy to think that like this is a Hollywood movie that they mm-hmm. put millions and millions of dollars into. So I don't really have faith in Wolverine solo movies. I'm also kind of tired of Wolverine. Yeah. Like I, I mean, Hugh Jackman's tired of Wolverine. Yeah. I, I I love him as a character. Even in Days of Future Past, I was rooting for them to have, like, Kitty Pride as, like, the focus. Because she was supposed to be? Because she's supposed to be. Yeah. But I was... And I, I even, as, like, a studio exec, I would even be thinking, like, well, we should probably follow the comics with that because audiences are probably getting tired of Wolverine. I understand. I mean, actually, they picked Wolverine because they know that audiences like him. Like him, they, yeah. They reshot, uh, from what I heard anyways, they reshot a lot of the movie to put more Wolverine in. Uh, Just how they reshot Thor 2 to put more Loki in. Mm, I love Loki. Wolverine. I love Tom Hiddleston, but really? <laughs> really? <laughs> We got, like, a weird obsession with Loki after Avengers, like, as just, like, a culture oh, yeah. of, like, as you know. a population. Yeah. And there have been some really in-depth, like, analyses as to why that is. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw one on, it, on Tumblr, of course, because yeah. that's where all of the, <laughs> that's where everything happens. Yeah. Um, it was talking about how, like, Loki represented somewhat of the feminine mystique. Yeah. That, like he is this person that's been pushed down his entire life. He's always been in the shadow of Thor, this giant masculine thing. And in the comics, Loki is now canonically gender fluid, mm-hmm. which is awesome because in the mythology, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it shows him as like the, the ice, whereas Thor is fire. And like, obviously that he's a frost giant. So that even further implies that mm-hmm. magic in the comics, Loki was the only student who went to, like, the Magic Academy to become a sorcerer, just as Sif was the only woman in the warrior's training. Right. So, Loki is very much the feminine part of things, and everybody roots for him because he's the underdog. Yeah. And because, like, it's sort of, like, translating to our society that, like, women are constantly being, like, shut down and, like, everything they do to try to get attention. It starts to become more and more, like, the feminazis. They're too much. They're yeah. trying so hard to be heard that they're shutting down men. Right. Where And that's kind of what happened with Loki. Like, if he was treated as an equal... Yeah. It actually becomes very apparent in Thor 2, because Thor doesn't want the throne anymore. Mm-hmm. So if Loki had been treated as an equal that entire time, he would have gotten the throne eventually anyways. Right. But the fact that he kept acting out and trying to be seen caused him to be, like, disowned by Odin. Right. And of course, like, the the post went much more in-depth into this, and I'm just kind of, like, trying to remember what it said. And I don't necessarily agree with everything that it had, but it made but sense. But it's an interesting, It's yeah. an interesting theory. Because you can see a lot of that in, um, in the story, especially because I, I wasn't invested in the first Thor movie at all, but I watched it, so I got, like, his story and everything. But it, you can see it in his interactions with Thor, and knowing that he's, like, adopted and everything that you know but i just i don't know if they have him in another avengers movie i would just like to see more of that like brought to the forefront for his story i don't want to just see loki to see loki you know which i mean when i heard he was in thor 2 i was like cool but it's not enough to make me like really want to see it and i like tom hiddleston too but i just i was like uh, i'm kind of him and Wolverine are two characters that I'm very just kind of over 
yeah. hearing and seeing. Almost, almost there with Batman. I have to see after Batman versus Superman, but I feel like I'm getting there with Batman too, where it's just like, yeah. The Batman versus Superman movie has a lot of potential, but I know they're going to mess it up. No, don't say that. What makes you think they're going to mess it up? Man of Steel. Yeah, I can't argue with that. That's a really shitty, boring, dreary, sad movie. Remember what I said, like, why I liked the Batman Superman comics? Yeah, yeah. Because it showed the contrast between Clark's personality and Bruce's. Oh, Man of Steel, he's already... He's Bruce. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. That sucks. That's going to be a real bummer of a movie. It's going to be three hours of just brooding and, mm-hmm. wow. And I, I saw a post on this as well. I think it, my dad might have showed it to me. It was something about, like, how everybody in the league is going to be brooding. <laughs> like, the new Wonder Woman brooding. The new Aquaman. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen how, like, monochromatic and, and dull and dark that is? It's Aquaman. It's Aqu- oh, my gosh, people. I they're trying I think it's just trying way too hard to they're like oh we're gonna do the same thing Marvel's doing but let's do it like 10 times darker yeah they want to be their own thing and yeah. I get that they're like oh Marvel's going the happy route and doing really well but let's go the dark route let's and see it. how that works and it hasn't been working people didn't really like Man of Steel I wanted to so badly even I after I too. watched it I actually I, I knew in the back of my mind that I wasn't going to like it, so I wasn't going to see it in theaters, Yeah. but my aunt works at Walmart, mm-hmm. and she had they had like this thing where they were selling tickets to go see it at like a, a discounted price, and like nobody bought them, so they had a bunch to just give away by oh, the end of it. Oh, that's awesome. So I got three for me and two of my friends, and so we basically went to see it for free. Mm-hmm. All we paid was for popcorn, <laughs> and it was... In the first scene, I saw Krypton's beautiful yellow sun and went, oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It's gonna be one of those. I, and you know, throughout the whole movie, I kept waiting for something to change my mind. Mm -hmm. Nothing did. Absolutely nothing. The best thing I could say about the movies, about that movie, is I liked the flashbacks ahead. I did too. I think they were very, like, cinematically very pretty. Yeah. And I actually, a lot of people didn't because it was creepy, but I loved when he got x-ray vision. Oh, I think that was That awesome. was so realistic. Yeah. Because, like, everybody's like, oh, you can see through clothes. Do you not know what x-rays are? Do you know what? <laughs> I mean, from a scientific standpoint, if yeah. you had x-ray vision, you wouldn't see anything. Yeah. Because x-rays don't come in through our atmosphere. Right. But, bes- but... beside the point, if you could... Like, it was just... And the fact that it terrified him. And yeah. that he hid in a closet but could still see it. Yeah. It was so cool. It was fucking cool. And I, and how he started flying. He started with jumping and yeah. then started flying. Brilliant. Yeah. The comic book fan of me was like, yay! Those scenes were a awesome. lot of fun in, like, a dark way. But then the rest of the movie, I was it just... Didn't, it didn't match up. It didn't no. make it better. And I didn't care about him. I didn't care... Like, because when I've seen different things like Superman, even... I liked Smallville a lot. I was like, I like Clark as a person. I haven't seen Smallville, but I really want to because a lot of the Legion of Superheroes are in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would watch it on and off. I would, like, especially if I heard, like, oh, there was a cool episode that had, like, 
Martian Manhunter on, her, on it or something. Yeah, I would I go might, and watch like that specific I might try one. to find something online and be like, which episode should I which, watch? Because yeah. there's a bit too much for me to watch all of it. There's a lot. But it, it's a really fun show. And, I, and one of the best things that they do in that that they don't do in Man of Steel at all is just make you like Clark as a person. Yeah. Which makes you more sympathetic for Superman. Mm-hmm. I did not care about Superman in Man of Steel. I Mm-mm. thought he was terrible. You know, I would hear people complain about the scene... Well, I guess it's like the fucking almost the last third act of the movie where um, the big brawl in like Metropolis, and I would hear people say they were like freaked out by it, and I was like, it can't be that bad, and it was. It was horrifying. It I, really was. Like Superman was just demolishing the city, <laughs> and that's not Superman. Okay, so you know how much I loved the Captain America movie because that's Steve. Yeah. That should be Clark. Yeah. What I think made it worse like the movie like the thing about his characterization that isn't clark Mm -hmm. is he accepted the fact that he's an alien yeah he embraced that so quickly he almost didn't want to be human at the beginning in one movie he's like i'm cool with it and superman still isn't cool with that in comics he was raised on earth he considers himself a human a human yeah and that's what makes him so great. He is the Boy Scout. Yeah. He would never hurt anyone. Yeah. That's why, like, Batman-Superman fights are so obvious to me. Yeah. It's like, if Superman wants to kill Bruce, he can. Yeah. Granted, Bruce has the kryptonite ring that I'm pretty sure Superman got for him in case of emergency. <laughs> that's but, awesome. <laughs> I mean, if Superman wants, he can tear Bruce's arm off that has the ring on it, fly him into outer space, and leave him there. <laughs> done Bruce (laughs) but the thing that makes it interesting is Superman doesn't want to kill Bruce yeah Clark cares about everyone he doesn't even like killing villains dark side which is basically the Thanos of the DC universe yeah he is like the be all end all yeah Superman didn't even kill him he flew him to the edge of the universe and left him there but he's not dead yeah the complete, like, humanity to the character. And and that was after he thought that Kara was dead. Yeah. He just, like, flipped out. And he still didn't kill the guy. And he still... I do like that a lot. But do you think that maybe they'll try to do more of that in this, Batman vs. Superman? Or do you think they're... What I'm afraid of is that they're kind of like, we've already characterized Superman, so now let's just take him on adventures, you I, know? I read, um, like, I think two or three years ago when I was, like, house-sitting for a friend, and he had, like, this magazine that had Superman on the cover, and I was like, sure, I'll, right. re- I'll read about it. <laughs> and it was um, an interview with Henry Cavill, I think that's the guy who plays him, yeah. um, about the new Man of Steel movie, and mm-hmm. I was like... I, at the time, I was on. I was like, "Eh, it looks kind of brooding for a Superman movie." Let's read what the actor has to say about it. And I feel so bad for this actor. Let me tell you, because he gets his characters much more than his writers do. <laughs> and pretty much every movie he's been in. Uh, granted, I've only seen two of them: what Immortals, was which was oh, I didn't terrible. See it. it opens up with a line similar to, uh, "They found a way to kill Immortals." Oh, God. And that—that's right there, a red flag going off. Like, did, did you do you have a dictionary? <laughs> <laughs> now i really want to watch it but yeah it was interesting the uh, the costuming too poseidon had like this giant golden fish on his head oh, it's like a helmet it was it was weird we've gotten really into this <laughs> bastardizing like myths you know uh-huh. like okay sorry keep going with right the, yeah we'll, we'll talk trust me we can talk about <laughs> we'll that at length too um but 
I so in this interview, they were talking about like, oh, how did um, how are you feeling about playing Superman? This mm-hmm. i this icon of like this paragon of Americanness, and he was like, well, about that. Yeah. And so he was talking about how like he read a bunch of the comics in order to like get this character to understand Superman. Right. And that the director said that they were going in a different direction. And so he was talking about how, like, he really wanted that patriotic, like, Boy Scout. He is, like, this perfect human being, and but he kept being, like, shot down. Like, every time he was like, I don't think Superman would do that. The director was like, no, no, the people want a different Superman. He would totally throw a guy into a gas station and watch it explode. Yeah, definitely. Like, he I, would I, demolish an entire city, killing hundreds of millions of people. Not millions, but, like, I don't know. Maybe Metro, Metropolis is that big. I was about to say, it really could be. Like, <laughs> I think Zack Snyder's too... That's the director, right? Zack Snyder? I think so. I think he's too still Watchmen mode, because he did Watchmen. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Watchmen, the source material caters to it being super dark and gritty. That's what it is. I, I don't know. I, I have hopes for it, because... I honestly liked the trailer a lot for Batman vs. Superman. Have you seen the, um, I don't, is it the Everything Wrong With or the Honest Trailers? I think it was Everything Wrong With, the oh, Batman Superman movie. Yeah, he's no, done I both didn't. of them. He he says that it's basically Darth Vader Superman. Darth and that Vader's... is so accurate. Oh, it's so accurate. <laughs> Darth Vader Superman. I, something I do like is that they're taking something that people had a problem with in Man of Steel, which was how violent superman was that's true they are putting that into context and that is really cool but it doesn't i don't think it works for superman yeah it's really neat that they're saying that like bruce was at the scene yeah so he thinks that superman is a villain yeah that is really cool to me yeah that is such a bruce thing so i mean there is there is hope yeah but (laughs) <laughs> I have so many issues, even from, like, the trailer. One, Kryptonite, again, yay. Yeah. The d- deus ex machina of <laughs> Superman. Um, What'd you think of Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> that's what I was about to say. <laughs> Lex Luthor is a bratty 16-year-old. <laughs> I have to say, I really, when I heard him say the line, it was like, uh, the red capes are coming. Kind of he capes sounds like Joker. But I really liked that. He sounds like the Joker. Yeah. He sounds like a maniac. Yeah. I, I don't want Lex Luthor to be a maniac. Yeah. He's crazy, don't get me wrong, but he is influential and crazy. He yeah. is a businessman and has true. worked for it his entire life. And that's, what, 20-some years for Jesse Eisenberg? Oh, uh, true. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So emphatic, I just ripped out my <laughs> headphones. <laughs> Making you really angry. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean... For... I Someone who was a good... A great Lex Luthor, in theory, was Kevin Spacey in uh, Superman Returns, which is a... I think I, that's the movie that I saw. And I don't like that movie, but <laughs> it in, was, it was, in but theory... But yeah, he was a good Lex Luthor. Yeah. But in something about Superman Returns, actually, I remember watching it and hating it, and my I remember telling my dad, like, yeah, Superman didn't fucking do anything, except, like, like he would, like, save people and stuff, and, like... But there weren't any, like, cool fights, and my dad was like, well, that's what Superman does, he saves people. Mm-hmm. And all these years later, watching Man of Steel, that's, I grew more respect for Superman Returns because of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, at least, I think his name's Brandon Routh, Brandon Ruth? Yeah. Had, like, he was Clark, you know? He was. 
But I don't know. I'm I'm nervous for the whole DC like I, I feel universe. like Henry could be a very good Clark. Yeah. I don't think it's his fault. Yeah. I don't think he has much to work with. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think they're thinking way too much like let's do what Nolan did. Mm-hmm. But what they're not realizing is that Nolan's vision catered to who Batman was. He wanted a dark and grittier story. Batman's dark and gray. Batman's perfect for that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the, uh, have you seen Man of Steel in color? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a YouTube video that is pretty great. And they changed like, like, the they contrast. Like, if they added yeah. more saturation to the movie. Yeah. I think that would have been amazing. Like, mm-hmm. at least it would have felt more like Superman. Yeah. I did, my eyes did get very tired watching it. I had to look away sometimes because, like, the shaky cam was too much. Like, they were running oh, yeah. with the camera next to him, and I was just like, I can't, oh. I can't look at this. I'm getting sick, and I don't have motion sickness. Because you can have a dark, like, even Watchmen. Watchmen's a colorful movie, it and is. it's still dark. Like, you know, I don't, uh, I wanted to like it so much, but I have, I have hope in Man of Steel. Something I'm concerned about is maybe them doing too much, because I know, like, Wonder Woman's in it. I'd heard about Cyborg being in it. I just don't want them to overstuff it. That's true. I have heard rumors about a live-action Teen Titans movie. Yeah, which would be super cool. I actually, there was a post, and it had um a, the cover of one of the comics. Actually, the comic that I own. I don't remember which one it is. But um, somebody in the comments was like, Since when was Starfire black? And <laughs> my dad and I were just like, She's orange! Jesus fucking Christ. She's orange! Stupid. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why does oh, it doesn't matter God. what race the actress is? She's orange. Regardless, there there will be fake coloring. What the heck? Since <laughs> Sapphire Black. What did you speaking of that? What did you think of, or did you even see the new Fantastic Four? I didn't see it. I have not seen it. <laughs> I, I really. I will. See it. I'm gonna see it yeah. because. <sighs> I don't like Fantastic Four that much anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely haven't read that many comics of them. I mean, they were a pretty like influential part in Civil War. Yeah, and I hate. And Reed that's Richards what I know passion. about them. Oh yeah. yeah, you're supposed to. You're he's supposed so... to not like Reed. He's oh, he's a robot without actually having the metal parts. He makes me so because it's it's everything that I love about Tony Stark, just with none of the human qualities, mm-hmm. and I. But that's his character. That's yeah. what makes him like that. And Sue is very much his heart. Yeah, that's very and true. And the fact that in Civil War, she can't be with him anymore because she thinks he's too cold. Yeah. That's supposed to be another thing that's like a schism and yeah. like something that, an emotional quality you can't have between a Civil War with just one group. Yeah. Yeah, the Civil War lineup it's, so far. It's another one of those things like Age of Ultron, the Thirteen Days of Ultron versus like Civil War, Civil Feud. Thirteen Days of Ultron. <laughs> it's like it's a feud. Yeah. It's not a war. That's true. There aren't enough factions for it to be a war. Yeah. They don't have armies. They have like five people. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, I'm, I'm still looking forward to it, but it is a little. Of course, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna see it in the yeah. theaters. I'm gonna eventually watch the Fantastic Four movie, but that, yeah. was, that was its own thing. What do you think of, of like as far as um because obviously with the whole MCU thing, they're building up to something big with mm-hmm. a face off with Thanos, which like you said, which I think is hilarious that you could watch 
the end of, um, I think it's Avengers 2, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'll finish this myself. Because I never thought about it, but that's so true. Like, what? I, obviously, it's leading to something with him. Do you think that that will play into Guardians at all, or that they're going to keep... Because my friend Artie was saying, who was on the podcast, uh, he was saying that you can't have, just logically, like, in film, you can't... It works in comic books, but two very different mediums. You can't have Rocky Raccoon fucking, like, talk to Iron Man on film, or talk to, like, Captain America on film. He he made a really good point about it. He was just saying that it doesn't it doesn't fit. You can't watch like the thing about all of the MCU movies so far is even though they're very different from each other, they they or at least with the Avengers, they meld together in some way, you know. With Guardians of the Galaxy, it's so much that. its own I think it's it's very similar to like if they did a Superman versus Batman with Superman Returns and the Dark Knight. Right. Because they are kind of different. Like, yeah, Avengers was still funny, but it, it was darker yeah. than Guardians of the Galaxy was. So I guess I could understand that, that it would be like having too much comic relief. Yeah. Kind of like if they had Howard the Duck in yeah. the new <laughs> Avengers movie. But at the same time, like, they don't have to. The Infinity War didn't just take place in one area. Yeah, that's what he was saying. He was like, well, maybe we'll see them fighting Thanos on, like, two fronts. You know, we'll see that happen in Infinity War, and it also happened in, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Something that I think, it it's another thing, it works in comics, I don't know if it would work in a movie, mm-hmm. is Civil War wasn't one comic. Yeah. It was every group had a Civil War issue. Yeah. Like, the Runaways and the Young Avengers had a Civil War issue together. Yeah. The Avengers had a Civil War issue. The Defenders had a Civil War issue. The it Fantastic was like an War. event. It was an Exactly. Yeah. It is a comic event. Just yeah. like several other things. Like, I think DC had, like, the Black Lantern ring. Like, yeah. That was an event. It yeah. was across pretty much every group. Yeah. Civil War was very similar to that. So, ha- trying to put all of those events into one movie i mean this is going to be for infinity war because infinity war is going to have all of the groups yeah it still doesn't really work because like you're gonna be in different places for every group yeah and if you try to bring them all together that's just hectic for the writing team like i'm sorry (laughs) it's gonna be insane i mean and it's already so much pressure is on them because they're having so many movies leading up to it yeah like, how many groups are going to be there? There's the Avengers, Black Panther's going to be there, Daredevil might be there. Actually, the, the entire Defenders team might be there. Stephen Strange, probably going to be there. Yeah. Like, there's just so many people. And it's still not even half the amount that are in the comics. That are in the... Which is insane to think. How long do you think this will... I read an article the other day where they were talking about this, and it made me curious. How long do you think this is going to, like, go on? Like, the whole marvel cinematic universe thing do you think now it's just like okay this is it and it's just gonna 20 years from now we'll still be seeing mcu movies or i don't know i think that there's a lot of potential because there's a lot of comics yeah but the way that they're going i think it would be best to have tv shows that's so true i think that's always been a thing like that's so true because it's one of the issues that I had with um, the new Fantastic Four 
casting than being so young. If you want young superheroes, there's lots of teams to choose from. Yeah. You don't have to make a movie about it either. Because that's, that's the thing. Like, movies are very limited. You have to find, like, a story arc. Yeah. And the older comics have more defined story arcs. Whereas yeah. the new ones are just, like, it's an issue-by-issue issue thing. Yeah. If you do a TV show... I don't know why, but if you do a TV show, nobody's really expecting you to stick to the comics. I mean, there's things like Walking Dead, where obviously it's based off, like, and the writer of the comics is making the TV show. Yeah. But if you say that you're just using the characters, like Smallville. Yeah. True. For some reason, people don't get as mad when it doesn't follow. Why is that? I'm not entirely sure. I think there's just more liberty, because, like, anime... Anime that's based off manga. When yeah. an anime catches up with the manga, it makes it up its own it stuff. Its own. And then nobody get, cares because they understand. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it's very similar to that. Like people just see television and films as separate creatures. Yeah. They see there's much more liberty in television shows than there are in films. Because like a film is just a one off thing. Why yeah. can't you just pick one comic and do it? Yeah. Whereas a television is going on for however long it goes. Yeah. So they don't expect you to just go from the beginning until the end because there's so many different universes and different right. like ways that these events unfolded. Yeah. I would like to see how it's characters like Fantastic Four would translate to television because we haven't seen any major Marvel superheroes in like live action TV yet. That would be interesting. I would be hmm I don't know what they would do budget-wise. I don't even know what Agents of Shield budgets like, but yeah, that's that would true. Huh. That would be cool, though. Do you think that superhero movies are getting... Because this was a big thing, like, a month ago, I think. I think it was Spielberg who made comments about um, there being too many superhero movies. Do you think it's becoming kind of overstuffed and, like... I mean, because I don't I, know. I'm, like, I'm a the... comic book fan. Yeah. I love that they're getting this much, like... Yeah. That people are watching these movies and going, I want to know more about these characters. Yeah. So they're reading the comics. and. It's cool now. Yeah. Being a nerd is cool. Yeah. And I think it's great. Yeah, it's becoming kind of a trope. There's, yeah. There's a lot of superhero movies coming out now, and I kind of want there to be more, like, original ones. Yeah, that would be awesome. Like, uh, have you seen um, Unbreakable, M. Night Shyamalan? I haven't. It's uh, it's Bruce Willis and Samuel, Samuel Jackson, and he based it off of comic book storytelling. And, like, one of the... Samuel Jackson's character is, like, obsessed with comic books. And he's trying to help Bruce Willis realize, like, you're a fucking superhero. Like, you have powers. And it's such a dark movie. And I loved that. Like, I loved that he was like, I'm not gonna take any characters that exist already. I'm just gonna make my own. Because Bruce Willis is basically, like, he's kind of like Superman. Like, he has super strength. He's, like, invulnerable and stuff like that. But it doesn't explore it in, like, a typical superhero movie way. It's it's more like a drama than anything. And I, like you said, I would like to see more, like, original superhero content if we're gonna... Because people complain about superhero movies, but the thing is, because a lot of them are like, there's just so many bad ones coming out, and there are too many. There are too many bad movies coming out in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there are tons of spy movies that are bad. There are tons of, like, just action movies in general that are bad. But I don't think that the issue is in the superhero movies. Yeah. I think the issue is in adaptations. Yes. There hasn't been an original, original movie come out like it, as like a huge thing in quite a while. Yeah. 
Like everything's sequels, adaptations, spin-offs, reboots. reboots. <laughs> yeah. So many reboots. Yeah. And like I don't I don't know why we're not comfortable moving on. <laughs> because they know that there's like there's a following and to money. certain things. Yeah. Like, there's there's a sure amount of money that like Star Wars there's a huge fan base. You Which, know how we're going to make money for sure? That gets a, a pass, Star though. Wars movie, obviously. <laughs> yeah. like, I love that there's a new Star Wars movie coming yeah. out. Reboots can be awesome. Yeah. But reboots can also just be kind of boring. Yeah. The Carrie reboot. They I didn't even They just see redid it. the movie. It was they really just... They didn't do the, the book any more than the original movie did. I... It's getting... I don't know, because they none of the reboots seem to be doing particularly well. So I'm wondering why... Why they keep keep doing it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They're like, we're gonna... Eventually. I I wanna... um, Have you seen Chronicle? From Josh Trank? He he did a... He did the new Fantastic Four, which isn't speaking to, like, his resume. (laughs) But it's written by Max Landis. Uh, Max Landis is, uh... He's, like, a super comic book nerd. I don't know if you've ever seen, um... He made a video on YouTube called... I think it's The Death and Return of Superman... And he basically just rants about um, the whole story arc I with think Superman I being have killed. Actually seen that. that is amazing. Well, he wrote Chronicle, and Chronicle is about three guys who, like, three high school boys who get superpowers, and it is awesome. So just stuff like that, like you don't even have, and their powers in it, it's nothing like crazy. Like they can fly, and they can like use telekinesis and stuff. You can have generic powers and still have crazy originals. I love time. Sky High. Sky High is I amazing. I love Sky High. Sky High is so good. That is such a good like, movie. Like, yeah, you can have crappy superpowers and still be cool. Yeah. Like, it's, it was just really neat. That the is The concept a, of it. That is a really fucking fun movie. Damn, now I want to rewatch that. <laughs> what about, um, not necessarily superheroes, but like, what movies have you been into recently? Like, what's the last movie you saw where you were like, that was awesome? Now I have to try to remember what the last movie I saw was. <laughs> I mean, when I went home, I wanted to watch The Martian because I just mm-hmm. finished the book. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh, it's such a good book. Is it? I am really excited to see the movie because I, again, I've heard amazing things about like, and reading the book, yeah. I read it in Matt Damon's voice. Oh. <laughs> he is the perfect casting for Mark. Like, honestly. You know, I saw it and I it didn't really hit me. I liked it. I didn't love it. I didn't read the book, though. That's so the thing. So maybe like, that would, you I'm know. wondering, like, if I didn't read the book, would it be as interesting? It, yeah. Like, the book really goes into the science of it. Yeah. NASA proofread this book. Yeah. And made sure it was as accurate as possible. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. And NASA's super excited about the movie because it's going to spark interest in the space program space. again. Yeah. In fact, it, it's so interesting that, like, within a week of the movie coming out, they found running water on Mars. Yeah. And everybody's like, so, oh, it's just a publicity well, stunt. No, we actually we found actually running water it. on Mars. Yeah. And I, I love movies that are like, you know, space movies in general. One that I really loved, because it's inevitable, even though plot-wise they're completely different, that because they've come out within a few years of each other, Gravity, Interstellar, and The Martian are going to be compared when they're completely different movies. I didn't see Gravity or Interstellar. I really wanted to. Gravity, but for some is reason, not I just good. never like got to it. Gravity is not a great movie, and I was very frustrated when it came out. I, I mean, obviously this is all opinion, but 
I just thought it was super boring. There was one part that really bugged me where uh, she gets stuck, like, off the ship and she needs to move back. And she uses a fire extinguisher to, like, propel her. And I was like, that would never work. And then I, I saw a thing with Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, ripping that part, like, apart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank you. Because I don't know much about science, but I remember seeing that and being like, that's really dumb. Uh, but Interstellar to me was amazing. And I feel like I feel the way about Interstellar that people are feeling about The Martian. Because The Martian's been getting outstanding reviews. Like, people are loving it. Um, I think Christopher Nolan, when he did Interstellar, like, was working... I think he was working with, like, physicists and stuff. Um, I know a lot of people have a problem. Anne Hathaway has a line about love, like, in terms of science that people, like, hate. But I think that is a really solid, awesome movie. And it... It made me feel the way, like, I wanted to feel watching The Martian. Because it's outer space and, like, we have a... See, The Martian, to me, isn't about outer space. It's... It's the castaway on Mars. On Mars. That's that's what I got reading the book. Yeah. But the book is so funny. Yeah. Because it's, it's written in logs. And yeah. And it was originally published in a blog format. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And then somebody came to him and was like, hey, you gotta make, make this some into money a book. This. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, sure. And like almost immediately after the book was published, they were like, we're gonna make this into a movie. And he was like, sure, why not? So it didn't come out that long ago. Mm-mm. Wow, that's it, awesome. I think the book was published in 2011. That is awesome. But it came out on blogs earlier than that. I, I'm not entirely sure. But, um, yeah, it, it's in logs and like the first line, I don't, I have no idea if they kept it. They should have, but I don't know what the movie's rated. I'm pretty much fucked. That's oh, my considered opinion. I just fucked. read an article about that today. <laughs> That's the yeah. opening line yeah. of the book. And I'm like, yes, I'm going <laughs> to like this book. <laughs> and he's constantly like, yeah, it's a foolproof plan with absolutely no chance of failure. That was sarcasm. <laughs> you couldn't tell. Because, like, he's constantly almost killing himself. In yeah. fact, he makes a, he keeps a bunch of meals because, like, they were only supposed to be there for, like, 31 days. And he's then he there for to, like, a year and a half. Yeah. So he eventually starts eating the potatoes that he grew mm-hmm. by mixing Martian and Earth soil and getting the bacteria to grow, which is brilliant. But he ran out of food eventually because of a mishap that killed all the soil. Yeah. Um, so he decides to keep, like, I think it was, like, five meals that are, like, actual meals instead of the potatoes. And he labels them. Mm-hmm. When he leaves, the halfway point, when he arrives, and then the last meal, which mm-hmm. is, like, right before he lives off. And then he had one saved called Survived Something That Should Have Killed Me. <laughs> because he knew something was going to go wrong. Yeah. I will say, everything you're saying about the character that you like, Matt Damon, like, that's portrayed in the movie for sure. I thought they just went back to fucking Earth too much. I just wanted to see more of him. That's another thing. Like, reading the book, when we first started going to Earth, I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I want to know more about Mark. Especially in the movie, it's just Jeff Daniels and looking like Jeff Daniels. Like, he's just looking, like, skeptical. And I'm like, come on, let's <laughs> get back to it. But what else is, like, coming out, then that you're excited about? Obviously, Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Definitely Star Wars. Yeah. That's going to be I'm, a game changer. <laughs> I know that it's just going to hurt when I see that movie. So I'm trying not to get too psyched up about it. Because, like, I don't, I don't know too much yeah. about the extended universe, but I do have a book that, like, details it, and I read, like, quite a bit of 
Luke's descendants. Oh, so you think like some? You think it's gonna hurt like emotionally? Yeah, because like, they're not gonna follow that. They can't. Yeah, they've thrown the extended universe out the window. Yeah, was pissed off. A lot of fanboys. There was this one particular story arc that just hurt me so much inside because it was so great. Yeah. Let's see if I can remember their names. I think it was. Um, I know that one of them was Anakin and Jaina, I think, and I don't remember Jaina's brother's name, Mm -hmm. but they were the children of Leia and Han. Han. Yeah. Two of them were twins, and then Anakin is like the the youngest and kind of the runt of the family. Yeah. And when he died, Jaina went dark side. Really? Yeah. She became a Sith so that she could like destroy the people who killed her younger brother yeah. and that was such like a powerful thing i didn't even read the comics or the books or whatever that it was based off i just, just read like, like the blur story. Yeah. The, in like this book that i had summarizing the extended universe and i was yeah. just like ouch, ouch. <laughs> they can't do that now because th- but that was such an emotional like yeah. story arc and i don't know what they're gonna do like i think they're gonna try to retain what people did like about the extended universe because i think the only reason they threw it out is because they just want original content where it's like you can still surprise people i like that they did that yeah but i there were some interesting things in the extended universe that we're kind of missing out on now that they were like "Eh, we're not gonna do it but because star wars became such a full-fledged thing and throwing out the extended universe gets rid of so much. Yeah. Like the fact that the Sith aren't actually bad guys. Yeah. In general, they just want power. Yeah. And uh, people come to associate that want for power as a bad thing. That just depends on like but your moral. The Sith you know. Academy yeah. was not bad. Yeah. It was the issue because they talk about that in the prequels, which uh, is balance. <laughs> There should be a balance to the Force. Yeah. And there wasn't one because the Sith had become too overbearing. They Mm -hmm. got rid of the Academy. There weren't that many of them. There was just this overarching want to build an empire with just two Sith. Right. And in, like, the prequels, prequels, things like um, Knights of the Old Republic, Mm -hmm. it's different. Yeah. There's there's a different balance to it and it works. And that's what got off course and then we have the movies and yeah. then balance was restored. And thanks Anakin Yay. for f- fulfilling your prophecy. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I guess cool. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't think that's very balanced cuz now there's just like a Jedi. Not even like the Jedi. Just one. A Jedi. A Jedi. It is awesome to me like watching the originals after the prequels because obviously the first ones we're exposed to are the originals Mm -hmm. just because the time we grew up were when like the prequels were coming out Mm -hmm. so we you know and it's been awesome to realize as i got older like oh luke isn't even that really great of a jedi he's He's not he's just a jedi like because going back to the prequels and you see people who are like actual masters and luke Mm -hmm. did all of this in I don't know how, what the time span is from A New Hope to Return, but it's not long. It's not. It's you, not long at all. And he's way past the age where he, where mm-hmm. you're supposed to start training. So, I mean, and Luke is apparently supposed to be, like, the most powerful Jedi in the universe, according to the extended universe, but you don't see that in the movie. No. He's, and it's not his fault. I'm sure he no. was trained from the age he was supposed to. Yeah. He could be really powerful. And he did an amazing job getting as powerful as he did in the time he did. Yeah. 
so obviously he has a lot of like he has potential. Potential. He has a lot not... of metachlorians. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Just flowing through. Metachlorians. <laughs> yeah. That cop out. When I really ex- like got in, because when I was a kid, I didn't pay attention to that. I was Me just neither. like, I still forced that and all the trade and stuff. I was just oh like, whatever. God. Get back to the fighting. As soon as you hear that, you're like, I don't care. Like trade federation, whatever. What? Senate meetings, whatever. Ta- taxes, like. <laughs> But when I really, like, I remember my brother, because he was big into Star Wars and explained a lot of stuff to me, and he explained, like, Metacorians to me. I, even as a kid, I remember being like, that's so fucking dumb. The Force, the whole awesome thing about it is that it's, like, a spiritual thing. It has, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, mystic. And now you're gonna, he has a high Metacorian count, so he's stronger. That's... That was so uh, stupid. But I, I will say, prequel-wise, I don't think Revenge of the Sith gets enough love, because I think that's a really solid movie. Yeah. It's like... It is. I recently rewatched all of the movies except Phantom Menace, and I really want to rewatch Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. because I don't remember it being that terrible, but that's what I thought about the Clone Wars, and oh, was, or Attack of the Clones. The Clone Wars is a separate thing. Yeah. Which I actually liked. Yeah. It was released as like a mini series. I'm not talking about the one that's like the cl- currently the two D one. Yeah. That one is awesome. And not a lot of people know about it, but it, it was, was so good. Great. It was so And it explained so much between episode two and episode three. Like yeah. why his hand is different, who General yeah. Grievous is. Grievous is scary in it. Oh, He's I love a real Grievous. badass. Like I yeah, the original and Mace Windu. So The fact that he's just cool. like Opens his hand and all the bolts and nuts have come out of this droid and just just like falls to the ground. More it's so people great. should watch that one. They really like, should. That one was really good. But I, yeah, I rewatched uh, that recently as well. Like when I I watched them in the machete order. Mm-hmm. What's the? We, which I is remember talking about it, but I don't four, remember five, two, and then I watched the Clone Wars three and then six. Four, five, two, three, six. Because there's a lot of. Um, it, it apparently is makes a better storytelling device. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually, if you watch like a combination sure, sure. of episodes one, two, and three, mm-hmm. it, it can like help get rid of all the trade federation <laughs> crap, um, <laughs> or at least narrow it down a little bit. Um, I wish I had done that because two is so painful. Two to is get one through. of my least favorite movies in general. Ugh, I didn't. I don't. I watched that when I was a kid, and I thought it was the best thing ever. Because it was Star Wars, but oh my god, it's it was so terrible. Bad. It's such a bad. At least Jar Jar's barely in it. Yes. Uh... <laughs> I recently realized that the reason I don't like him is his voice. It's so fucking annoying. It really is. I had a friend who it was her first time watching Star Wars. This is around the time I was graduating high school. We had a marathon and we watched Phantom Menace first. We went like in chronological mm-hmm. order. And she goes, I don't know, I thought Jar Jar was really cute. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, I I get as a kid, like, oh, he's funny. Yeah, as a kid I liked him, but he's just as an annoying adult. now, you're like... He's annoying in the fact that his voice is pitched in a certain way, and he's also annoying in the fact that he doesn't talk good. He doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> and he's just dumb. He, he just makes bonehead And he becomes mistakes. a senator? <laughs> How? How? He's not even smart for Gungan standards. <laughs> I uh, I don't understand it. I I was actually talking about this with um, uh, my friend Ryan Goodwin. Uh, we were discussing like ownership and George Lucas. Like a lot of people get upset with things that he did in the prequels, and a lot of people get upset with things that he added to the originals on like home releases. 
how, first. How, <laughs> how much of that can we really get upset about? Because I get upset about it too, but then I'm also like, well, his, he did make this it's thing. It's his universe. Yeah. Because I honestly, in, I think it's A New Hope, or maybe it's Return, there's a part where they're in the cantina, and there's like a hip-hop song that these aliens are singing. I hate that it so much. It made me so upset. See, I'm I'm not too upset with George adding things like the scene with Jabba yeah. to A New Hope. Yeah. Because that helps understand who Jabba is. Yeah. It links to the prequels and all that stuff. What the hell does a CGI <laughs> singing alien have to do with the plot? I wonder what goes through his head where he's like, I know something I want to add that I couldn't do the first time around. It's like, this is really important. We need this here. We need this. It won't be the same movie without it. It'll be too enjoyable. <laughs> It'll be... I I am kind of glad to see someone else taking the reins. But I also wonder sometimes how he feels. He's like... I, I don't think this... Lucas cares. You don't think so? I honestly don't think Lucas cares. Yeah, he's probably like just swimming in money somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh well. Do you think that it's in good hands with J.J. Abrams? I think that J.J. is enough of a fanboy to do us good. Yeah. But the issue oftentimes with movies isn't in the director. This is true. Studio. I know that Fantastic Four, the director came out and said he hated the movie. Yeah, he was livid so i kind of want to wait to see until um, if there's a director's cut yeah because that might be a completely different movie yeah oftentimes like i even watched um in episode two there's a deleted scene that makes anakin much less creepy i wish they had kept that in because he is freaking terrifying and not in the way he should be (laughs) just in like a he's just a creepy stalker He's not, like, an evil Sith Lord. He's just yeah. pathetic. He's just, <laughs> just very mopey and He's so creepy. Like, I don't like sand. It's coarse. Like... Not like you. God, the dialogue <laughs> in that movie is fucking atrocious. But I... Something that I think is gonna be awesome that they're doing is the movies in between. So, like, we'll get episode That's seven, true. and then yeah. we get, like, the Rogue Squadron, and then we do eight, and then I don't know what's coming out. I think they're doing... A Boba Fett one. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be. And actually, Josh Trank, who did Fantastic Four, was supposed to do one of them, one of the solo movies. I for, it didn't work out for some reason. I do think that's a cool way to kind of give us an expanded universe that isn't the expanded universe that they had before. Which I mean, I wasn't even invested in it really. I just read things about it. But... Yeah, I. I mean, as much as I say that, like, they should have kept it. Like, I didn't read it. I'm not yeah. invested in it. I yeah. don't. I don't have a personal stake. I'm not one of the people who wrote it. Yeah. Imagine being somebody who wrote something in the extended universe. It got passed oh. by George Lucas, and now Disney threw it out the window. That's so true. I didn't. I never even thought about that. That sucks. Especially because, I mean, the expanded universe has been going on for decades, and you've built up a fan base, probably. So you're probably thinking just logically, like, oh... When Star Wars inevitably comes back to the big screen, they're going to use something that we made, and that does stink. But I, I get it, because for something that's so big culturally, like, Star Wars is just a cultural thing, like, in the world, they're going to want to do something where it's going to surprise people, you know? Yeah, and again, it goes back to, like, the thing with the comics, like, and people expecting movies to yeah. adhere to them. I think it's smart in the long run yeah. that they decided the extended universe 
at least from episode four onward doesn't count yeah but i think and maybe i misread but i think they're also throwing out things like knights of the old republic are they really i mean maybe not but that counts as extended universe yeah because it extends from both sides that's true and i feel like that really gets rid of a lot of the lore it does the world building that people have spent decades trying to get yeah. And and maybe they're they're still going to like count on some of that, but if they do something that goes against that, people are going to be like, but, "But why?" Yeah. What's wrong with what we did? Yeah. That is tr- I didn't even think about like the games and stuff. Huh. I I'm, I'm so confident though that it's going to be a great movie, not even a good movie. After seeing the trailer, I'm like, it's going to be awesome. I have yeah. no doubt in my mind. And I know people probably thought that with Phantom Menace, which is, to me, a good movie. I like Phantom Menace. It's fun. I think that um, the things that the new movie has going for it, because I, I wasn't satisfied with just the trailers, mm-hmm. but I've seen a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff, and J.J. is filming this movie like a new hope was filmed he is on location in a desert he's using actual models instead of relying on cgi i mean this the pictures of the sets of the people in costumes it it brings goosebumps it looks like star wars it looks like star wars yeah and it just makes me so happy so even if the plot sucks and the writing's terrible just seeing the art side of it is going to be so nostalgic oh yeah i I'm I'm just excited to see. I always have this like scary feeling in my chest where like a movie's coming out that I know I want to be good, and then I read like the first bad review and I'm like fuck. But I I honestly think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna blow people away. I just have a feeling, you know. Mm. And people probably thought that with the prequels, but you know. Oh yeah, have you seen the movie Fanboys? Uh oh, that's with a uh, Kristen Bell. And Seth Rogen has, like, a small part in it, I think. The, the guy, he's dying of cancer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that a long time ago. I just, I love it, because at the end scene, because they're doing all this yeah. stuff to watch The Phantom Menace. <laughs> what the last if... scene, they're sitting in the theater. <laughs> hey, guys, what if this movie sucks? <laughs> Roll credits. Like, it was just so poignant. And, like, they meet this, like, really badass, tough guy who's, like, got a tattoo of Jar Jar along his side or on no. his arm or something. God. And he's like, yeah, it's gonna be the best character. Be, uh, uh, grim. I'm I'm glad I wasn't old enough at that age. I'm glad it came out when I was a kid so I could appreciate it. Because yeah, it's a kid movie. It really is. It's it, a fun... Jar Jar like, completely caters to kids with the fart jokes and the, like... Yeah. Misa do this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> it's very, it's very kid. Yeah. Like, it's, it's kid friendly and that's great. You're trying to, like, introduce people, like, into the universe but which in a way is kind of condescending because a new hope came out when people were kids and kids still loved it Mm -hmm. so you can give us like a still an awesome fun movie that's not like you know it's one of the things that i like about old pixar and disney movies that a lot of the new ones are lacking is adult humor yeah oh yeah it was a family movie not a kid movie a family movie yeah I recently rewatched Toy Story, co-written so by Joss Whedon. So funny. Yeah, I didn't know that until like a few weeks ago. I was like, that's insane. And of just course so many of the lines, I'm like, oh, when I was a kid, I laughed because other people were laughing, but I didn't get it until just now. Even just Woody's character in general, I feel oh, like yeah. caters to an adult audience, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I mean, because those are, it plays upon themes that we don't really experience as 
much into her older like jealousy and like replacement mm-hmm. and like you know god now i need to rewatch the toy story movies but yeah th- i remember being a kid and my parents like they wouldn't mind watching movies like toy story or shrek with us because shrek they, that's another great one yeah those had like adult jokes in it where obviously it's gonna go over a kid's head mm-hmm. most of the time i haven't seen any of the recent pixar movies i've kind of fallen out of um, I think the last one I've seen, I didn't even see Up or Wally, which I heard are fantastic, but... I mean, Up was okay. Yeah. The first, like, five moments tear your heart out, and That's that was great. It was very well done, <laughs> but the rest of it was... I mean, it it dealt with very real themes, like mm-hmm. most Pixar movies do, so it was cool. Yeah. Wally, again, a lot of people really love it. Yeah. I was I was okay. Like, I enjoy the movie. It's yeah. Pixar. When I went to go see um, Big Hero 6 with my dad, I was like, but what if it sucks? I mean, I was like, it's Pixar. The movie's either going to be good or it's going to be great. <laughs> That's true. And Big Hero 6 was great. Was it? I didn't see it. You need to see it. I've heard so many good things about it. It is so, like, I don't want to say it's real. It's it's also a Marvel movie, so yeah. stay for the after credit scene. Oh, I hope sweet. they're in Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's because it deals with real themes yeah. like loss and how that can change a person and how being with others can help lessen the pain. And yeah. It's just, it's so good. And it deals with like sibling relationships and family themes and there's no romantic side plot. Yeah. And it's just so nice to have that. And I don't know why it got overlooked because of Frozen. Yeah. I didn't even see Frozen, but I'm sure if I watched it that I wouldn't be like... It's It doesn't live up to the hype. Yeah. It just doesn't. I feel like it's, it was impossible for it to live up to the hype. I'm like, with how much hype people are giving it, it has to be like, as far as animated movies go it's gonna have to be like toy story level good for it to it was pretty yeah it had the interesting like thing like the true love that saved the day was the true love between sisters yeah. instead of a true love between romance and partners that's cool which is nice and then they reused that for maleficent yeah <laughs> the familial bond outweighs romance and that's great i love that they're trying to like do that but you already did it yeah. where's the twist yeah I knew that was going to happen the moment the movie started. Yeah. And, I mean, with Frozen, my friend had been following it for, like, I don't know, two or three years before it actually came out. So I knew pretty much every, like, little twist and what they were doing with the movie because she would always tell me. Mm-hmm. I had all the lyrics to the music memorized before I saw it in theaters. <laughs> that fucking Let It Go song. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not even the best song in the movie. Uh. I'm sure it's not. I Because when I first heard I was like, this is the song that everyone is going insane about. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> right. No, I, I understand completely. So, like, I saw the movie, and I liked it. Yeah. It was a good movie. Yeah. It was a Disney movie. But it was just good. It was, yeah, it was just good. Yeah. It's not even my favorite Disney movie. Not yeah. by a long shot. Yeah. But I... it's, it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. The animation is gorgeous. They did a whole, like, equation to get the snow to fall like snow does. And it's That's really awesome. cool to, like, see the behind the scenes of that. Yeah. There's some interesting, like, sneak previews and features and stuff. But, like, eh. Yeah. Something that has been cool to see with computer animated movies has been just the advancement. Because even, I remember seeing Toy Story 3 in theaters and thinking like they've come a fucking long i remember when incredibles came out i got on a dvd and the behind the scenes feature they were like 
yeah, we're like Pixar. We're always trying to get like the hair right. We haven't like oh yeah. The, it's so interesting to watch the scene where they're falling out of the plane. Yes. And to look at Violet's hair, and you're like, wow, that's obviously animated. That's, and but they've come so far. Like <laughs> it, I I think that they're doing. I think they're making a big mistake right now with sequels, though. Number one, I'm not a fan of Cars. I never have been. Why does Cars, of all movies, get a sequel, a spinoff, a TV show? Where's the Incredibles sequel? And they're coming with a Cars 3. (laughs) So they're doing a Cars 3, they're doing Incredibles 2, they're doing Finding Dory, and they're doing Toy Story 4. The Dory one I don't think needed to be made. I think only Incredibles 2 needs to be made. Toy Story left off in a perfect place. Toy Story Story was great. had literally a perfect ending. That was the best ending they could possibly have done. And it was the point of moving on. since the people who watched Toy Story one where Andy's age and that were going off to college by the time Toy Story 3 came out it was perfect it was the Monsters University one also like we were booze age when Monsters Inc. came out and we were in college when Monsters University came out and Monsters University was I didn't even know. Okay, watch it. I guess. Nathan Fillion was in it, kind of the only reason I watched it. Oh, that's pretty um, awesome. He was only like a side character too. He was like the second antagonist or something like that. I He's don't, a perfect I don't know. voice for like animation he though, does. I feel like. He's great. But it was just like the movie was okay. It it was funny, like, in a way that a side short would be. Like a bonus feature. Yeah. That's what Monsters University felt like to me. A bonus feature. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, I guess it was technically a prequel, but still, it didn't feel like it was in quite the same universe. It yeah. felt like a spoof, a parody of itself. Yeah. Which is, I don't understand why there, because there was a time where Pixar would only release, there wouldn't be a Pixar, like how your dad said it's going to be good or great. Mm-hmm. There was a time I felt like they were only great. You know, mm-hmm. Toy Story, A Bug's Life, which I think A Bug's Life gets overlooked so much. That's a, I haven't seen it in so long, but I really want so to rewatch good. it because it it's, it does. It's a Pixar movie. Yeah, it's one of those ones that you think of when you think Pixar. Yeah, I feel like one with, of the first. <laughs> like I think with Cars, there was just a descent in quality. Yeah, I don't know what like, happened. The original Cars movie, I watched it. I'm not a huge fan of like automobiles. Yeah, so too. like. It was eh, but yeah. I understand that a lot of their audience, like the young kids, young do kids. enjoy like racing cars and stuff like that, yeah. and that's cool. And it was a pretty good movie. I hate Nader because of reasons, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand him as like the that's like, such a the kid side character. character. He yeah. is, and uh, it's you have to think of that when you watch the new movies. Like they're catering true. to kids; they're not catering to you. That's true. <laughs> You're an adult now. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's, there was a maturity in it even before with characters that were more... Because yeah. even with Toy Story, like, a character like Rex is more like, mm-hmm. oh, my kid's gonna love like, Rex, it's so funny. Right. Or Slinky Dog. Well, actually, no, that's Slinky Dog. I remember... He was more, like, sarcastic. Yeah, I remember else. Slinky Dog having a line in the first one. And I watched it when I was older and being like, whoa, I don't remember what it was, but I remember just thinking, like, Slinky Dog's kind of like an asshole, but yeah, I it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about, uh, one of the last topics we'll do was, uh, TV. Like, what are you watching now on TV that's, like... I have actually been watching a lot more YouTube lately. Really? TV. Like, what? Like... I, I fairly recently discovered Markiplier. Oh, and I have a friend who's like in love with him. He's I, 
I, the thing is, like, I knew about him. Yeah. My friends, sometime last year, had actually, like, shown me a clip of his things, and I was like, it's not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I care? Cool. He's, I, he's okay, I guess. Why are you laughing so hard at this line? It's just, okay, whatever. But then, what he reached 8 million subscribers, and he came out with a video. Uh, because there's a, a person on YouTube, Markiplier Sings Badly that makes um, compilations and, like, asks the fandom for help every time he reaches a milestone, and they make a video for him. And he uploads a reaction to that video. Mm -hmm. And he started to cry, like, halfway through it. And then afterwards, he was talking about how humbled he was and how much he loved all of his subscribers and that he would not be where he is and to not put him on a pedestal because he's just like everybody else. The only thing that changes him from us is a camera. Yeah. And I just, I subscribed to him right then and there. I hadn't seen any of his other videos. I was just like, you deserve every good thing that has ever happened to you. Yeah, I respect that. That is off. Because we don't hear that enough from, like, celebrities. We, I, I, I feel like so many of them even are conditioned to be like, oh, because I'm doing this thing, I kind of am in a place where I'm above other mm-hmm. people. And a lot of other YouTubers do that. Like, previously, yeah. the only YouTubers I was subscribed to were Dan and Phil. And yeah, I, I still know. love them. They're great. They're funny. Very British. <laughs> Actually, they're not terribly British. They're just, like... <laughs> but they, um... I, I really relate to a lot of their things. It's like, Dan's always talking about things that, obviously, teenagers relate to, like, existential crises and, like... Yeah. All these different things like that, and the thoughts that you have that you might not want to admit to, like... Yeah. And, and it's just, it's very interesting to have that, but then, they... I w- I'm not gonna say they're bad people, because they're not. They're great. They're great people. It's just that they have kind of let their popularity get away from them. Uh, I hate that. And, and it's not like, they don't go like, oh, well, I'm just the most popular person on the planet. It's yeah. more like... Like, oh, a lot of people follow me. That's yeah. cool. Whereas, like, Markiplier, like, every single milestone uploads something. That's awesome. Every single new million subscribers he gets, he uploads something. And a friend of his, Jacksepticeye, who I also recently started following, his name's Sean. Sean McLaughlin. It's not Sean Jack. McLaughlin. But everybody calls him Jack. He's he's extremely Irish. Where do you get Jack from Sean? Very. His mother calls him that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, anyways, so he also was very, he got popularity because of PewDiePie, apparently. Because he, um... Well, I don't hate anyone, but right. I'm not a fan. I'm, I haven't watched any of PewDiePie's videos, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pass any yeah, sort of judgment on fair, him. which is fair, which is fair. Um, but apparently PewDiePie does shoutouts every once in a while for up-and-coming YouTubers, because mm-hmm. he has so many subscribers, and he wants them to, like see other YouTubers, mm-hmm. and Jacksepticeye was one of them, and at the time he had a few thousand subscribers. Now he has six million. Damn. He got six million subscribers in, like, a year and a half. Jesus Christ. And he also, I think, deserves it. He has a segment called Reading Your Comments, where he'll, like, read people's comments and answer questions that they have. He's very involved in his fan base, mm-hmm. and that's such, like, I respect that so much. Yeah. He really tries to, like, be included and when something happens he's just like guys that's not what the fan base is about and markiplier does the same thing when people start spreading rumors and being malicious to each other he's like i don't want to be a part of that yeah i don't want to be the reason that people fight yeah i want to be the reason people are happy and that is awesome 
and like it's just it's such a great thing like yeah. both of them they have such a great con- like I wouldn't say control of their fan base but they're very like involved yeah. in a way that really like helps and it's nice and, and Dan and Phil do that as well and they actually recently came out with a book um, that was basically I guess their autobiography they wrote it together and in it a lot of people ship them Mm-hmm. They think they because they're best friends and they live together. Obviously, they must be gay for they each have other. To. And in the book, there's a segment of fan fiction that they wrote about themselves, God. and they're so stupid and it's beautiful. Like Phil's is pure like bullshit. Like it's just the most ridiculous thing. Like it starts off with him like waking up and wiping sweat from his muscular brow after doing my morning three hundred sit ups. I backflip into the kitchen and high five Dan midair. It's just like what? And it's beautiful. It's like they they do cater to their fans. Yeah. They're not like they're not pretentious about yeah. it. Yeah. And I never meant to like imply that they were. No, I didn't get that. But they a lot one of my friends mentioned it and I think that's that's the thing. They're popular because they're cute boys. Uh, a lot of their fan base are like 12 and 13 year old girls who uh, just think that they're pretty. That and I hate saying that because they have substance. They're not just faces. I don't want to objectify them in any way. Yeah. Because they are great people. Like, I would love to be friends with them. Yeah. And that's really what I look for when I'm looking at YouTubers. Like, would I want to be friends would with I, you? Could I, yeah, could I hang out with this could person? Could I hang out with you and Which, care? The majority of the people I've seen, I could not. <laughs> um, I actually got really into last year on YouTube. Uh, there's a comedian named Chris Gethard. And he has a show called The Chris Gethard Show. And he filmed... Well, this was before. When I got into it, it was last summer. He's a comedian in New York, and he would film a show every Wednesday on public access television. And so it would only air in Manhattan, like there. But they would film it and put it online. And it has a devoted, weird, odd fan base. Like, he even says, like, yeah, my fan base is a bunch of losers but it's okay because i'm a loser too right like yeah. he has a phrase like where he says like lose well like you can be a loser and still be awesome and he it's just such I a like weird that. show it's it's awesome he has it's hard to explain to someone like i've told my roommates and they they're just like what like he has a character named the human fish who's just a guy wearing goggles and he you ask him things in like an xy form like format and he'll answer it's a it's a really strange thing but i'm like i could have only gotten that like through youtube existing you know because sometimes i sometimes i get annoyed with like youtube and vine and stuff just because i feel like there's more I don't want to say stupid content. There's but a lot of stupid content. There's so much. But when you find something, like you find like, uh, I always, is it Mark Laplier? Marketplier. Market. Like Multiplier, uh, but with Mark. Marketplier. Oh, that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> because I, I always struggle with that. But when you find someone that you do like on it, it's like, okay, I'm glad this thing exists, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, that's, huh. So, what would you say would be, if you had to choose, I've given you a lot of if you had to choose today, <laughs> if you had to choose, like, your favorite show of all time? Firefly. Firefly? Yeah. That's... I respect that. I mean... <laughs> I respect that's that. That's just on the top that of was, my head. That was really quick. You said of all time. Yeah. And, I mean, 
Like, I, I'm a big fan of Supernatural. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, it should have been canceled five seasons ago. <laughs> I still watch it. I'm still it's watching the what, new season. 12? It's the 11th season. And that's way too many. The it's show insane. was originally meant to have a five-season run. If you mm. watch the first five seasons and stop, you're fine. You get everything. It's yeah. all one big story arc, and it all makes sense. And yeah. then from then, it was just season, 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 season. And, like, they're running out of ideas, and you can tell. Yes. They have an episode within the first five seasons called Jump the Shark, mm-hmm. and it's just, they have another brother. That's not jumping the shark. You should watch some of the new seasons. That's jumping the shark. Really? It's, they have some, like, really Are their ratings things. that good? That, I don't even know. They just have a huge following. They do. They do, I will say. I remember my friend showing me a thing on Tumblr where it was, like, uh, the fan base is, like, it's either Supernatural or Doctor Who... Or Sherlock. Or Sherlock. Super yeah. Hulock. Yeah. Yep. Super Hulock. <laughs> that is awesome. I I watched a few episodes of Supernatural and I dug it, but um, it's cool. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. I yeah. sometimes rewatch. I have a few like favorites. There's one um called Mystery Spot, hmm. which is just so much fun. What is it? Um, uh, I guess I'm, yeah. Spoilers, but yeah, <laughs> they get like stuck in this continuum. This is within the first five seasons. Mm-hmm. as most of my favorites are but um basically dean has sold his soul in order to to revive sam because he died at the end of season two mm-hmm. i think yes um so at the end of season three dean's gonna die and in this episode dean keeps dying over and over and they keep reliving the same day and Sam's the only one who notices. Oh, wow. And it turns out that it's the Archangel Gabriel who's telling Sam, you have to learn how to get, how to live without your brother. Right. Because he's not going to survive. He's going to die. Shit. And it's just, it's very, like, it's poignant. It's important to the plot. But yeah. at the same time, it's hilarious. Yeah. Because Dean keeps dying, like, different ways. <laughs> and, like, some of them is just as simple as, like, he's eating. And he's like, does this taco taste funny to you? And then they wake up the next day. <laughs> it's just, it's beautiful. It's it, it's such a very well-written show. And that's what that's I like awesome. about, like, I wouldn't call them fillers because it's not. But, like, the weird episodes. Yeah. Like, Buffy has a musical episode. And it's my favorite Buffy episode. That Granted, is an it's amazing the only one episode. I've seen like five times. That's a fantastic episode. But I showed it to my sisters after they watched like the first four or five episodes of Buffy because yeah. I just really wanted to show them how great the show could be. Yeah. Because first seasons the first are always season, kind of rocky. Yeah, it's a good and, season, but it is. And I was like, oh, these are who the characters are because I thought that's all you needed to know. But yeah. as I watched the episode, I was like, oh no, you need to know like what happened prior who these characters are, why they care about each other, and, like, yeah. all that stuff. It's a musical episode. It's fun and games, but it is so important it's to the plot. It's still, yep. If you skip that episode, you're going to be so lost. That is a... I remember watching it and being like, this episode deserves all of the praise that it gets. Because I would hear a lot about that episode mm-hmm. before I watched it. I have all the songs on my iPod, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. An- another one that they do, it's in season three of... Buffy, and it's one of my favorite TV episodes ever. It's uh, called The Zeppo, and it's when <laughs> the A-plot the is Xander. He becomes friends. Xander's my favorite character. He becomes friends. Xander's pretty amazing. He's awesome. He becomes friends with like a group of undead jocks, and they want to set off a bomb in the school. That's the A-plot. The B-plot mm-hmm. is Buffy, Giles, Angel, and Willow. Stopping the apocalypse. 
Like they're like, I remember this now. Such okay, a smart episode now. because it takes the whole. Because at the end of every season of Buffy, there's some huge. They gotta stop the big bad. Mm-hmm. So they did that, but made it the B plot and focused on Xander. And That's one of the first lyrics of in, in "Once More with Feeling" is "Apocalypse." We've all been there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I've died twice. They've like done it. Like they don't care anymore. But it's uh, oh man that. Such a good show. So what would you say it is about Firefly that makes that stand out to you as your favorite? Because that's saying a lot with it having, like, one season and what is it? 14, 14 episodes, I think. Yeah. And a movie. Yeah, and um, a brilliant movie. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad said that they didn't air the pilot, and that's one of the reasons why they, they canceled it. They didn't air the pilot? They did not air the pilot. The first episode they aired was Train Job, which was the second episode. That's insane. Because they figured that there wasn't enough action and violence and, like, peril for people to care about the episode. You missed so much of the story without the... And that's why nobody watched it, because they had no idea what the hell was going on. Yeah, that's insane. What I love about Firefly is by the end of episode one, you care about every single one of those characters. You really do. I mean, Kaylee gets shot, what, halfway through the yeah. first episode, and I didn't want her to die. Yeah. And I didn't even know her. Yeah. And that was just so amazing to me, the fact that I could care about everybody by the end of the first episode. Yeah. And there was everything. There was world building. There was action. There was the Reavers got introduced, and they're terrifying. They so there was a horror element. Horrifying, yeah. There was like a bit of a romance element, and like yeah. there was the mysterious like thing with Simon and River. And yeah. it's just it was it had everything, and I cared, and I wish that show hadn't been canceled. But at the same time, what if it had lived long enough to like degenerate into what Supernatural is now? That's true. Where I'm just watching it because I feel like I have to. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, it, it it's such a strong first season. It's not... A lot of shows have a weak first season when they're starting. Firefly is a weird, weird exception. It does so much in like a... Oh, man. And the thing... The thing. There's so many things that I love about Firefly, but the villains in it make it. Oh, because yeah. the villains aren't... It's not black and white. It's not. By all like... It's a lot of times other people just trying to get by like they are. Like But a lot of the time, like by our current standards, the main characters should be the bad guys. Yeah, that's absolutely Because true. they're the ones breaking the laws that are set in place to protect people. They're yeah. like the bandits and they're like killing people yeah. when they shouldn't be. But then you think about like the behind the scenes of these like this overbearing alliance trying to like hurt this little girl and torture her and give her powers but what do they want to do that for yeah for peace they yeah. want to make her a weapon sure but so they can win a war and establish a peace among everyone that is true and there are characters i don't remember their names because i'm a horrible person <laughs> but in um objects in space objects in space that's the last that? one with the uh the bounty hunter guy yes okay yeah the bounty hunter that who's not a bounty hunter yeah <laughs> remember so that... you're a bounty hunter no no <laughs> what are you i'm a bounty hunter what he was actually really scary he was I didn't... he was a sociopath yeah and he was terrifying Ooh. and it was brilliant because he didn't he knew he was doing bad but he, but he didn't. was just like okay. he didn't care yeah and that's just so like haunting yeah the fact that he was just like no i'm not gonna hurt you yeah but if you don't do what i tell you to i can't hurt you that and it was so scary. Me the fuck out to like the sweetest character. Yeah, exactly. On the show. Like, 
I something I his character and the villain in Serenity I thought mm-hmm. was super I was just about similar. to mention him right? too. Because like, he knew he was doing bad. Yeah. And he knew that he was going to have to kill himself by the time he finished, like, ridding the universe of sin. Yeah. Because he knew the entire time that he wasn't a good guy. Yeah. And it's it's those villains that, like, you love, but, like, they're, they're terrible, terrible people. They're wonderful villains, but you just, they're human. Yeah. They're still human. Yeah. They're not just something for you to hate. Yeah. They have their own reasons and their own character developments mm-hmm. and their own like witty lines yeah and joss whedon just has perfected that i think mm-hmm. you know i um i was reading the other day a lot of people i'm curious to get your opinion on this and this is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't <laughs> watched buffy uh there's a vampire spike who becomes a more prevalent character as time goes on in the sixth season, he attempts to rape Buffy. I have seen multitudes of people say that after that, how could he? How could he be trusted as like one of the gang? How can Buffy keep defending? Because in the seventh season, Buffy stops someone from killing Spike Robin. She stops like a guy from killing this person who, who tried to rape and, her. And Robin, of all people, had completely good reason to kill Spike. That episode actually really pissed me off, because I was like, Robin has every reason to, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. What do you, do you think that's going too far? Do you think that's too much of, I like this character, so I want to keep him in the show and still keep humanizing him? Because I, I can see both sides of it, but reading all those things, I was like, it's hard not to agree with that. It's hard not to agree with like, oh, at this point, he's just a bad, you know, there was a certain, I wouldn't call it an article, because it was just a post on Tumblr, but it had, like, sources and all these fancy things. After right. after the Avengers 2 came out, somebody was made a post, and they were talking about how this isn't new for Joss Whedon to want to, like, neuter the, his female characters. I guess, that actually, that's not a very good phrase for it, but he kind of technically, literally did. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he... And people blame him for it, and I don't. I don't blame Joss mm-hmm. for the weird side plot between Black Widow and the Hulk. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was entirely Joss's idea. I don't think that it translated like Joss wanted it to. But among the reasons that they listed for why Joss has always been like this, that he's never really had strong female characters, which is bullshit, that is, bullshit. Is, the, is this scene between Spike, the fact that he tries to rape Buffy, and then eventually they still wind up being together. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen the episode, so I'm kind of talking out my ass here, but that, uh, that scene was very poignant to his character. You had to see that he was still a monster. He's still a soulless vampire. That is true. He's not human. He's not like Angel. He never was. That's and true. And he won't ever be. That was before he got a soul. Yeah. He Spike never got a soul. Yeah. He did before... He did the end of season six. At the very end. Through this weird bullshit trial like that a... might not have actually given him a soul. Oh, a lot of people think that it might have been just like a placebo effect type thing. Really? Wow. You know what? I did always think, like, how did we never hear about this? Like, you know, that's, wow. That's an interesting theory. And I I agree that, like, Buffy maybe shouldn't have 
stopped Spike from being killed, but at the same time, that's who Buffy is. She forgives people. Yeah. She tries not to hold these grudges. Spike has changed so much as a character from when we first meet him. Yeah. And he was just like the sarcastic, like, one-liner. <laughs> asshole, exactly. To where he is, and he's just... Because at the and I'm not forgiving what he did at all. Yeah. From a character standpoint, he's confused. Yeah. He's trying to figure out what the hell is happening to him because he is a soulless vampire and suddenly he cares yeah. and that scares him. So he tries to lash out. It is an attack. It's but, not a sexual thing what he does. Yeah. And I'm not trying to excuse rape in any form at all. I'm yeah. just saying from this character's standpoint, that's right. what he's doing. So you're saying it? It's. It's importance relies more in like the story exactly than in you know any reflection of like who you should be as like it, a it was never I think supposed to be like a statement to like the actual world yeah it was just for that TV for show sure. because at the end of the show once again spoiler literally he he's a champion you know mm-hmm. like literally at the end so it does have that like even. To some extent, and this isn't me necessarily agreeing or disagreeing with it, but just saying it's what happens. It does have that, like, redemptive... Because that's what so much of the show is about, like, and redemption exactly, and Exactly, that's it. Back. He had, from a character, from a writer's standpoint, he had to hit a new low. Yeah. He's already a murderer. What can I do to make people hate him? What can I do to make him lower in the eyes of people? Yeah. And that was it. That's absolutely true, yeah. And it... It might have been, like, kind of a cop-out. Like, maybe he just could have thought of something else to do. But I think it made its point quite clear. Yeah. And the fact that eventually he felt bad about that, that he apologizes and doesn't want to be like that anymore. Yeah. It helps us understand him. Yeah. It drove him to go... Again, I can understand the other side of of the argument. I absolutely understand the other side. But... There are reasons yeah. that it happened. Yeah. I actually, there was something else I had seen where um, after Xander, uh, after Xander leaves Anya and Anya hooks up with Spike and Xander goes after like Spike and is like, gonna like beat him up, quote unquote. Right. <laughs> um, I was reading the other day, it's a Tumblr, I think it's called, like, Buffy Confessions, and people just talk about things, like, even though they love this show, that they don't love about it. Mm -hmm. And they were saying that, like, I've always hated that Xander goes after this guy and is, like, basically shaming Anya when he's the one who made the conscious decision to, like, leave her. But that's something I just love about what Joss Whedon does, because at the end of the episode, I don't remember thinking that Xander was justified. I remember thinking You're not like supposed to. Yeah, I remember That's thinking like thing. he made a really dumb mistake and Joss I, doesn't make characters, he makes people. Buffy's one of the most flawed, amazing characters for that. She's messed up so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred percent. And it's the same thing you were saying going back to like Firefly, where like to us those are bad people. You know, they steal, they do a lot of things that they should not be doing, you know. I remember thinking even in one of the episodes, it was, um, who's in Firefly, the big guy? Jane? Jane. I remember thinking, am I supposed to like Jane? <laughs> Jane is definitely one of the weirdest, like, you want to run the ship? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you can. <laughs> I remember being a kid, they had, uh, they were showing a commercial for the movie, 
and seeing that line and being like, that's hilarious. I didn't even know what Firefly or Serenity mm-hmm. really was, but uh, what do you think of uh, how that, as like that being like your favorite show, how that, do you think the movie did it justice as a way to wrap it up? Because I, I do. I love it. I do. Yeah. My, my dad saw Train Job, thought the show kind of sucked, and mm-hmm. stopped watching it. Mm-hmm. He watched Serenity and immediately went back and rewatched like, really? all of Firefly. So he watches good. it, like, every month. Yeah. Maybe not that bad. But, like, he rewatches it very, very often. He really loves it. And I think that Serenity did a great job in doing that. They, they sort of show you... They answer some questions that they left off in Firefly, but not all of them. Yeah. They... It's just... It's a great way to wrap it up, but also spark interest in the show. Yeah, because it's a great standalone movie. It it, it is, and that's a great thing about it. Like, you don't need to have seen the show in order to watch the movie, and that's another good mark, because a lot of, like, movies based off TV shows don't make sense on their own. Yeah, that's true. I, I remember thinking when I watched it that I really liked that... And Joss Whedon, you see this in a lot of Joss Whedon's work, because um, there's always some action element to it, is that the bad guy was kicking uh, everyone's ass. <laughs> like, just, because usually you're used to seeing, like, superheroes, and they're like, oh, he's, yeah. But even in, like, the first couple seasons of Buffy, like, there's always, there's never going to be a fight she doesn't win. But as that show goes on, you see it in Firefly a lot because they're humans. Angel... Serenity, just seeing the bad guy overpower the good guy, and it's gonna be a fluke or just them outsmarting the other person. That I remember thinking like that's really cool, especially in a science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I don't know. I I'm excited to see what he's gonna do next. I was a little upset of how people responded to him with Avengers two because I was like, give the guy a break. Mm-hmm. He's given us so much at this point. He really has. And there's the issue that he has with this is he's trying to make the characters his. Like, Mm -hmm. introducing Black Widow and the Hulk as love interests. It was a way of, like, him branching off away from the comics. Yeah. And people rioted. We don't like it when that happens. (laughs) Yeah. We we like our nice little box being how it is. Yeah. And that's... One of the reasons, I think, why he quit Marvel movies yeah. is because he wants to do his own things. He yeah. wants his own characters. Yeah. So he can do whatever he wants to them, and it's nobody can say anything about it yeah. because they're his characters. And I've heard that Marvel is super... I mean, this is just a rumor, but it's like very like restricting as far as what you can oh, do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which makes sense because it's a sensitive property in the sense that it's a lot of money invested into it. Also, it's Disney. Yeah, exactly. Disney is super restrictive in what they will allow in, in their parks, in their movies. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, I think the director of Thor 3 just dropped out. Edgar Wright dropped out of Ant-Man. Joss mm-hmm. Whedon's done. Uh, the woman who directed Soma was going to do Black Panther. She dropped out. And they're saying, like, there's a trend because these are all directors who we've seen handle big movies and are kind of, like, all tours. Mm-hmm. And so they're probably just frustrated that they're not... Especially Edgar Wright and Joss Whedon, I think, are two of the they're best my examples. Because they're my they're, favorite directors. And they're both so wildly creative. And they are. They absolutely are. And you can sort of see that in Ant-Man still. There's yeah. still, like, that 
kind of like the color scheme, not not literally, but like the idea of Edgar Wright's work. Yeah. In a lot of like one character goes on rants and it's very Edgar Wright. You can yeah. see it in that. Oh, but other awesome. than that, it's just like I what did they want to make him change? Yeah. What have they changed? What was his movie like? Yeah. I I read that his cuz I have, I still haven't seen Ant-Man, but I remember reading that his was going to be like a heist movie. I don't know if that carries on into... I mean, the idea of it is still basically the same, because that's what Scott Lang is. Yeah. He's a thief. a thief. Yeah. Man, I... I just, last month, or maybe two months ago, watched Edgar Wright's movies, and I was like, I've been missing this this whole time. I mean, mm-hmm. And I started uh, his show Space 2. I need to see that. It's so, I had, I looked up after watching the first, I've only watched like the first episode, but I looked up and I was like, spaced in relation to the community, because it reminds me so much of community. Really? And space comes first, obviously, but it's that weird, offbeat, quick humor. I mean, that's just how Edgar Wright That's is. him in general, yeah. But, so then I was like, maybe Dan Hartman is just doing like what Edgar Wright's doing as far as comedy, but it was just insane, but... I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to... We've we've gone on for a while. This is the we second have. longest one. Really? My longest one is, I think, two hours and 50-something minutes oh, with wow. my friend Artie. And it was also him talking about, like, superheroes and... Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. It's just... Uh, once I get talking, we didn't even touch on mythology, but we that's, it, that's for another time. <laughs> that's another... <laughs> Uh, well, this was a good talk. I'd like to have you back on the podcast for sure. Yeah, that'd be great. This was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy, and I will see you next time. Hey, everyone. Uh, if you're noticing the quality is a little different, that's because I let my friend borrow my mic. Uh, not his fault, my fault, because I forgot I had to record an outro. But yeah, so thanks a lot for listening to the episode. Hope you guys are enjoying the podcast at home. If you want to be a guest or have music featured on the podcast at home, shoot me an email at thepodcastathome at gmail.com. If you don't live in Orlando, that's cool. We will work something out, like phone or Skype. Technology is amazing. The music that I have featured today is from my awesome friend Ryan Goodwin, whose podcast is coming up. Uh, He does uh, music solo and in a band. You can check out his band, Raspberry Pi at facebook.com slash raspberry pie in the sky hi it's already pie high in the sky yeah um they're on instagram at at raspberry pie in the sky and uh his solo project meta blip uh that's m-e-t-a-b-l-i-p you can check out that music at soundcloud.com slash meta blip or meta blip.bandcamp.com or facebook.com slash official meta blip or Instagram and Twitter, which are both at MetaBlip, and the song I'm going to be featured is called Rooms, and yeah, it's a really awesome song, awesome music, so yeah, hope you guys dig it. See you later.